0: What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another video here on the Go On Fourth YouTube channel and what should be the first podcast uh somewhere, Apple Podcast, Spotify, somewhere. If you're listening to this in podcast form, just know it's the first one. Uh we are back. Amani and myself, we are back. We are talking about NFL Football Week Two. Uh we are going to discuss every game, some in great detail, others in not so much detail. Um kind of a weird week for me. I caught like a good portion of the games, but not every second of every game like I'm used to. So, uh, it, it's going to, you know, it, I have a blind spot here or there. So, if we miss something or if I miss something, then, you know, feel free to sound off and let me know. But, uh, I guess we just talk about Thursday first and we move on through the days? Yeah. Okay. So, uh, Thursday was Chargers Chiefs.
1: Um, this feels like a year ago. <laughs> dude, it does.
0: It feels like, I, I, I'm trying to remember what happened in that game. I want to say Brandon Staley was really conservative at points in that game, if I remember right. Yeah, yeah, kind of yeah. Weird. A lot of the fourth down um,
1: decisions and whatnot. The Herbert pick six.
0: Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, the Herbert pick six was bad. Um, so, it's kind of a weirdly conservative game, almost from both teams. Uh, you know, Mahomes only had 235 yards passing. Uh less than 10 yards a a, a com, or like per completion which I feel like hasn't happened for him in a long long time. Um but you know, the Chiefs got the job done. They 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 won the game. Herbert threw the game away. Um I mean, I don't really know what to say. Mike Williams went crazy. So if you played him in fantasy, uh Yeah, so good. like the, the Chargers, Chargers
1: definitely too. dominated this game. Yeah. But just, like you said, just for Herbert to kind of throw away, the four, kind of the fourth down decision is really conservative, didn't really put their foot on, you know, the Chiefs' neck. It really let them stay in the game because defensively, they put together an, an absolute clinic to, you know, live with that offense. But it didn't really matter when, you know, Joe Lombardi and that <laughs> very vaunted downfield passing attack, and I say that <laughs> very sar- sarcastically, as Justin Herbert averaged five yards, uh, <laughs> eight out, which is yeah. embarrassing, but, yeah, I mean, just not aggressive enough, and if you, you know, let the Chiefs hang around, give them points, give them a free 100-yard pick six, they're going to beat you, especially at home.
0: Yeah, I mean, just ask just ask the Buffalo Bills. You know, you have a big, strong quarterback and throw the ball 70 yards. You know, the easiest <laughs> way to get him going and make sure that he's uh, living up to his full potential is limiting his uh, his dot <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, Herbert threw the ball 50, 50 times, I and mean, we were talking about kind of a conservative game plan. It wasn't necessarily a conservative game plan in terms of their – uh, yeah, sure. being being uh, run pass oriented. It was more. It was more just like they threw it a lot, but it's like you know they didn't really, they didn't really test them deep. I mean they had some long receptions here thirty nine twenty six thirty five. I mean they're not super yeah, long. A lot of those times, were bad. Um, they were yak.
1: Yeah, yak. yeah. Some some of those yeah were yak, and then you know there was a couple um in that last drive and they were down ten. Kind of garbage time.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I think uh, you know, fantasy football wise, we don't really, you know, we got other, we got other, other videos coming out about that. But uh, three players with ten targets on the on the uh, Chargers is pretty interesting to me. Um, you know, Eckler kind of saved you with the nine catches for fifty-five. If you're in a PPR league or if you're playing DraftKings, uh, on the other side of the ball, um, or on the other side of the sideline, I guess on the other sideline. Uh, man, the Chiefs. I mean, their offense. It, Feels so good sometimes, and then other times it just feels really, really lost. Uh, in it, and I don't, I don't think, I don't I hate to say without Tyreek, because I don't think it's necessarily that as much as it is just like they don't really have anybody that's stepped up to be a playmaker, and it's not that they need somebody that with four two speed to do it. Like anybody really could step up in that offense, but it just doesn't feel like anybody's taken that by the reins so far.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree with you there. I mean. You know, Travis Kelsey having seven total targets seems like a <laughs> a miss there for. Yeah, well, he has uh, the same Kansas amount too. of targets
0: as MVS. So. Yeah, it's just yeah.
1: ridiculous. And, and they weren't just double bracketing him the whole game either. So yeah. a lot of that, and I, I, we said while watching the game, you know, some of those play calls and game planning that went into this it was really questionable. And uh, we didn't even mention it. Mahomes should have thrown, I forgot, should have thrown like four or five. Least,
0: yeah, at least three <laughs> yeah. minimum, yeah. For sure. Yeah, so
1: <laughs> they they were very confused, and obviously they were, you know, a little worried about that pass rush, Bolson, Max so maybe, maybe a little more conservative than we you know, kind of used to see in the Chiefs. Not really attacking downfield, just trying to get the ball quick, but
0: um, yeah, going yeah. forward, we'll see, I think um, it takes uh, a special, special type of game plan for both teams to make two really good quarterbacks look mediocre and, like, unenjoyable to watch. So I remember us walking away from that game just feeling like we did not enjoy watching that football game. Yeah, like sure. it was. It was an interesting game in terms of the result and in terms of how we got there. But the the meat of the game, just in, in its entirety, just watching it, it felt like a, a slog to get through it. If I'm honest, um, again, I mean, it was just it was just kind of a snooze fest. Uh, to me, when you have got no receivers, when you've got no uh, like star players, I don't know if I agree with the whole. Let Pat play point guard and just get it to everybody. Justin Watson, Noah Gray, Jarek McKinnon, Michael Burden. Like, I don't understand, you know, because you signed Juju and, and you have Kelsey and, you know, CH out the backfield. You still got Meikle, who you like. Like, I, I just feel like maybe it's feed those guys more than try to spread the ball around to less talented players. But uh, I don't know, man. I think it'll be interesting to see how Kansas City continues to play. Um, obviously, they're 2-0, and so they're fine. <laughs> but it's just kind of <laughs> not what we're used to seeing from them I think.
1: Yeah, we have so, such high expectations for them. So.
0: Exactly. So, uh Thursday night in the books. Do we do we talk about dolphin the first? First on the list there. again. Let's talk about it. This will probably be the longest longest discussion. I don't know. Yeah. The, the last I thought the last offense discussion was going to be really long and it wasn't too long. So, um but we have a, we have some things to talk about here. Uh so wow. in the in yeah, I mean in the in the thumbnail it says do, do we have to come back of the year in the game of the year. Uh I think we did and I think they may have even been in two separate games. We'll get to that. Uh This this is a crazy comeback obviously for Miami. Uh we were we were sitting in Discord watching it and I I was I was pretty adamant uh at halftime that this game was essentially over um because yeah. I didn't see how the defense could possibly stop them from scoring. Uh Miami's defense played like shit. They played terrible. Uh, let's, let's keep it real, right? They, they were really bad on Sunday. They played better in the second half. But man, that defense was putrid. I mean, they were really bad. Um, and Lamar took, took took real advantage of it, uh, especially, you know, early on.
1: Yeah, he sure did. I mean, giving up, you know, like a 75-yard quick oh, slant. You know, yeah. Some easy, you know, hitters. There's the, uh, you know, the 75-yard touchdown that he had where three guys go to the jet sweep and nobody accounts for Lamar's how does that even happen? And the kick return to the house, there was just a lot of sloppy, you know, early plays for the dolphins. And that's, I mean, that's why they get down 28 to
0: seven and you know, have to dig their way out of it. Yeah. I mean, it just feels, it it just feels really, uh, it it worries me a little bit because I wonder if it's indicative of what kind of season defensively that they're going to have. Um, I remember I wasn't super impressed with the defense against the Patriots, even though the Patriots offense was, was not good. Um, it just it didn't feel like like Jalen Phillips has been a complete ghost so far this season, and he was a guy that stood out last year. Uh, we still have deficiencies in linebacker with Jerome Baker and Alandon Roberts, who I'm not sold on either one of them, but I definitely think Alandon Roberts is not a starting caliber linebacker, at least if you're trying to contend for the playoffs. Um, there's a lot of deficiencies on that team, and I think Byron Jones coming back will help a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they had to dig their way back, and we can talk about Miami offense. Um, you know, realistically, they moved the ball the whole game. It wasn't like, oh, they just came to life in the second half. I mean, they, they were moving the ball well in the first quarter, or in the first half as well.
1: Yeah, they sure were. I mean, obviously, the first drive, you know, have the interception. Yeah. Um, there were some stalled possessions down there, and then – I think second half was there another interception where you'd move the ball all the way down it the was field. The, so, yeah.
0: It was the, it was right before halftime where we right were going yeah. down the field. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, the, the complete game, the, the offense looked really good for the, really the, the entirety of the I game. So too, yeah. yeah. Wow. And man, those <laughs> Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle on one field. I mean, we, <laughs> we might be seeing the second incarnation of the uh, greatest show on turf because goodness gracious.
0: Yeah, it's kind of what everybody was expecting it to be, right? And I think after Week One, people's expectations were tempered a little bit. They were thinking, well, you know, maybe maybe Tua does have limitations. Maybe this offense has limitations because of Tua. You know, it, it really it it did seem like a watered down uh, version of the offense in Week One. So when you get to this week, and and I will say this, and I'll I'll you know I'll toot my own horn a little bit. I'll bang I banged the drum this week that this was going to be a shootout. Um, a lot of people thought it's going to be a close game. Uh, you know, maybe Ravens win it kind of 24, 21. I, I, I kind of always had in my head, this is going to be a shootout. Um, at least in the first half, it, it didn't feel like that. It felt like it was a route. Uh, but man, the second half, I mean, again, Tua Tungabailoa has been my favorite football player for like eight years or so. I mean, give or take, uh, he, he's again, one of those guys that is a very polarizing figure in the NFL for really no reason. <laughs> uh, he, he just, he just seems like a good dude and, and, like played great football at Alabama, had a catastrophic injury, came back from it. He's he's, he feels like the type of guy that you would, you would almost want to succeed, but people for some reason uh, don't have that affinity towards him. I guess it may just be where he was drafted or where he played college ball. But I mean, he, he finally showed up today or I guess Sunday and played like the, the the guy I saw at Alabama. He he finally looked the part of okay, this is what we thought he was going to be when he got to the league.
1: Yeah, I mean he he was excellent outside of you know I was like those two interceptions. He was excellent. I mean he was on time with the ball. He was accurate. He was quick with his reads. He would step up in the pocket and make something happen. I mean he had every phase of his game going. You know, against the Ravens on Sunday and he made them pay in every single way. And it was it was really beautiful to watch because, as you alluded to, so many people like hate on him and throw a lot of ill will towards him. And I I don't really don't understand why he seems like like he seems like a very nice guy, like a very likable guy. And, you know, I feel like that's somebody that you want to root for. And he's he's very talented. You know, I, I don't know if it's if it's the lefty thing. Do people do people hate lefties in 2022? Is that
0: it? I don't know, man. It, and it could be just Bama fatigue, and it could be whatever because he he did play at Bama and he won a championship with us. And you know, it could be any of those numbers of things. But I mean, my, my whole thing with Tua is is he he is a he does have limitations as a player. Uh, you know, he's not a big quarterback as as was big news this week apparently that he's not a tall quarterback and he can't see <laughs> over his line. Um, you know, there's maybe four quarterbacks in the league that can see over their line right now. Um, he's not one of them. That's fine. Um, you know, he, he does have limitations of his game. He he doesn't have a 70-yard arm. He has a, maybe a 55-yard arm. But he showed that on Sunday it didn't really matter because and, – and, and I thought that the ball that he was hit, that he underthrew to Tyreek for a touchdown, he just threw the ball late. Like, Tyreek had those guys beat 10 yards, and he just threw the ball a little bit late. So – and you'd rather him underthrow it there at the goal line than overthrow it, you know – 10 yards out of the back of the end zone so I, again I think he does have limitations but but watching him play watching him maneuver the pocket is one of those skills that people say is elite from him I don't know if I would using the term elite is kind of just not I would I would honestly say it's, it's, it,
1: it, it, it is it's pretty elite he buys himself a lot more time than I mean we just watched Kirk Cuttings tonight and, and goodness <laughs> gracious
0: yeah yeah I mean he, he definitely does he's got great movement he's got great uh Awareness in the pocket—it feels like a lot of the times he just knows what's going on. I mean, he was only sacked one time, and and with an offensive line that's been much maligned and for good reason—to get sacked one time in a game with, you know, the Ravens front front four as good as they are, their pass rush—and they brought heavy, you know, they brought some pressure at two at times too. For him to be able to get rid of the ball as quickly as he did, maneuver the pocket, he made a crazy spin move to throw one of those touchdowns to River Craycraft that was absolutely absurd. Like you just don't see quarterbacks do that a lot. So, you know, those types of things about his game are really impressive and, and just make me feel like he can have longevity in the league as a starting quarterback. And, you know, you throw for 470 yards, six touchdowns. It's 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 like a, you know, like I said, in my wildest dreams of watching him play quarterback, did I ever think for the Dolphins that he would actually do that, especially after those first couple of seasons. But watching it, man, it really felt special. It was It was one of those moments where as a fan of the team and as a fan of the player – you're just kind of sitting there with your with your mouth open, you know. You just can't believe what what you're watching.
1: Yeah, definitely. It felt good to see him succeed. I was I've been waiting for him to do that. I mean, ever since that he came into the national championship in Alabama in the second half, I was super excited to see him. I was like I was a big fan of him coming into Alabama, and you know it just felt really good. And also, I just want to give a lot of credit to Michael Dale. That offense oh, is for sure. so perfectly designed. I mean, he gets his guys. I saw like a little. Little play action slice that usually is ran by like a H back or a tight end off the ball. They ran it with Tyreek Hill, who was on the ball, and they move him around so many different ways and get him the ball in so many different avenues. It's hard to really sit there and kind of play, you know, that little two high defense that they played the Chiefs last year to, you know, avoid him from getting over top because he will get the ball underneath. And if you have those two guys back there, you got linebackers trying to tackle Tyreek underneath you know, it's a bunch of mismatches and coverage and it's, it is a beautiful offense to watch.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I I think, and I will say this too. I think it kind of almost speaks to what a, what a defensive mind bill Belichick is by the way, because his defense is nowhere near as talented as Baltimore's defense. And, and it really felt like we have trouble moving the ball against the Patriots more than we did the Ravens. And I know that people will say the Ravens secondary was hurt. Marlon Humphrey played most of the game. Marcus Peters played the whole game. I mean, you can say that they had, they did have backups in at the end, but I mean, you know, when you've got, they, I think they had to run, God, it was like 1400 yards, 14,000 yards, something ridiculous on, on Sunday. Like when you make DBs who are already kind of injured run that many yards, they're going to re-injure themselves, especially when it's like soft muscle injuries, hamstrings, groins, like you're, you're, you can't run that much, you know, chasing around Tyreek and Waddle. I mean, you're. It's just not going to work. And, and again, that, that's just a credit to McDaniel. It's credit to everything that he's done. And, and we're just seeing the beginning of it. And that, that's, that's what I think is the most encouraging is McDaniel's had this offense in for, like, a few months. It's not like he's he's been there for three years getting that offense run to perfection yet. So there's still, I think, areas to improve. Uh, the running game, in my opinion, was a little bit better. I think it's a little bit uh, inflated because Chase Evans had a big run at the end of the game for 28 yards, which is a huge huge play. Um, it was interesting to see Mostert the bell cow today, um, or Sunday. Uh, but I mean, again, and, and, and I do want to also talk briefly in, you know, about Baltimore. I mean, their offense was, uh, very, very good. Obviously. Um, I think that the dolphins made it kind of easy on them. They, they really kept trying to show that zero blitz and, uh, you know, it was very obvious after what maybe two or three drives that the Ravens just had that figured out from the jump and, and. It wasn't going to work this time, right? They game-planned for it. They knew it was – they they were ready for it. Uh, Lamar played about as perfect a game as you could have until, I mean, maybe the fourth quarter where he nearly threw a pick to Xavier Howard to lose the game. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like you said, a 79-yard touchdown run. I thought the Dolphins did a good job keeping him contained for the most part aside from that long run. Um, and then, yeah, making life easy for him, letting Mark Andrews kind of run up the seam open and, and just kind of get open in the middle of the field. I mean – I didn't love the defensive game plan from the Dolphins, but Lamar took advantage of it. He played a great game. Um, if he can play like that all year, then uh, Baltimore is probably going to have to pay him. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they can really get away from it at this point. So, uh, you know, we'll see. And 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 the Ravens, I think, have a good as good a chance as anybody to win that division. We'll talk about the Bengals soon. Uh, and that that uh, catastrophe, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Baltimore. I mean. I think they're as good a team as any in that division, and and uh, since the rapist doesn't come back until uh well, week twelve, so uh, you know Browns will probably be you know five and six or you know something like that. So Baltimore, I think, has a good shot, and and Jesus, the Steelers. I mean, we'll get to that too, but uh, you know, Baltimore fans, don't hang your head. I mean, obviously twenty eight to three really hurts in the fourth quarter. That's that's a that, that one stings a little, but you know, uh, you guys played a great game, and and. You'll be in the playoffs or you'll be, you know, thereabouts at least. Um, uh, Jets and Browns, we're not going to talk about this game extensively because we really didn't watch it that that much. Um, I really didn't even know what was happening. I had it on the screen. I saw the Jets get an onside kick, and I was like, oh, shit. The Jets got an onside kick. I was like, oh, that's crazy. What's the score? And I looked at the score. I was like, oh, they have a chance to win the game. <laughs> they have a chance to win the game. And uh, they did. Joe Flacco, elite quarterback. Uh,
1: Elite you know. Joe. January Joe.
0: <laughs> January Joe, all the way in uh, September. Uh, n- over 50% completion percentage. Uh, d- skin of his teeth, but uh, he got there. 307 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, I mean, he played a great game. I- Jacoby Brissett played a good game. He, he was pretty efficient. Um, I-, I don't know. It just seems like two teams that played a pretty good game against each other, probably around the same level of, of talent out there on the field. <laughs> Uh, at least in terms of the quarterback position. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. What's going on with Cleveland's defense? Yeah,
1: I mean, giving up 14 points in the last, what, two minutes? A minute I and mean, 30 seconds. Yeah, you're up 30 yeah. to 17. You're thinking, all right, well, we, we're on our way to 2-0, and which is, you know, as you alluded to, that uh, that young man is that comes back in week 12.
0: <laughs> yeah, sorry. These,
1: making these early wins... Uh, are huge. I mean, yeah. for them to yeah. drop this game, I mean, that's that is that is enormous for them. It's just a but game they had I'll, to win, really. Yeah. And a lot of love to Garrett Wilson, too. I mean, goodness, to oh, see. Great, yeah. great all day. From, from the clips that I didn't really watch a lot of this game, but I saw the uh, last his first touchdown is kind of like the last two drives in the game when yeah. The touchdown. Yeah. I mean, he just looked great. His release off the line looked elite as you know, I expected him to. Yeah. Hopefully, they feed into the ball.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's a great player, and 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 we knew we knew in the draft, and and I, I kind of I, I felt like he was probably wide receiver one in my opinion. Um, yeah, and just because of the Drake London injuries, and we'll we'll talk about Drake London briefly too uh, at some point because he he did have also you know a, a pretty good game. I thought Garrett Wilson just had a really nice combination of of speed and his route running ability. I mean, in the NFL, man, there, there's 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 only so many ways you can separate yourself, and if you can't run good routes. You end up like Devonte Parker or Allen Robinson, who actually did have a decent game this week, but uh, you just end up like guys that later in their career, when their physical ability is is dwindling, uh, it, it just you, you find it really difficult to actually have a, a decent career into your like 28, 29 year old year. You know, you have you're a flash in the pan for five years and that's it. I think Garrett Wilson has longevity because he he's he's such a crisp outrunner. He he's just very capable in that respect. And he was, he was the, the offense. He had 14 targets. Um, I mean, that, that, is, that is them not being afraid to run the offense through him. Credit to Robert Sala because it seems like their offensive approach is very aggressive, 44 passing attempts. I mean, we thought Flacco was not going to sniff, like, 30 today or Sunday, and he got 44. That's pretty, pretty crazy.
1: Yeah, for, you know, for sure. <laughs> it's it's, really, it's got to be nice to see as a Jets fan that you're not just, you know, back there handing the ball off and trying to win games 10-7. You know?
0: Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, again, you got to be excited to see what Zach Wilson can do in this offense. I mean, obviously he was he was up and down last year, more down than up. But, I mean, you, you never know. And he could come back in, in this year when he's healthy and, and he could take the reins from Flacco and, and really, you know, put up some some numbers in this offense and and if, as long as he can protect the ball because that was zach wilson's biggest issue last year is hit too many too many interceptions and maybe having a guy like garrett wilson out there with elijah moore uh and you know Brees hall out of the backfield michael carter out of the backfield just giving him a lot of options where he doesn't have to feel like he needs to force the ball um you know it could be good for him maybe it changes things uh the browns i mean offensively the browns did what they do i mean they ran the ball a lot they were efficient running the ball. Nick Chubb had three touchdowns. Uh, Jacoby Percet, you know, played fine, didn't really turn the ball. He turned the ball over once. Um, it's a Jacoby Percet game. It's what you expect from him. And, and if he has that kind of game, you, you almost hope to win, you know, because he, he played fine. Uh, targeted Amari Cooper a lot, which is kind of to be expected after last week where he barely got any. Um, I played Donovan <laughs> Peoples-Jones over two-and-a-half receptions because he had 12 targets last week, and he got zero. Uh, one target. Goodness. Yeah, I mean, zero catches on one target is uh, – for your wide receiver, too, um, it's a little concerning uh, because it just kind of makes you wonder about the depth in the receiver room when you got Harrison Bryant and Joku, Chubb, Hunt. Like, Nick Chubb had three catches today – or Sunday. Like, three catches. That is uh, – that's not good. Uh, like, yeah. I mean, it is good for him, and it's good for if you if you have him in fantasy or if you played him in DFS, like that's great. Three catches, nice. But for your offense, if you're the Browns, like Nick Chubb can't have tied for the second most amount of catches on the team. <laughs> that just doesn't bode well for them.
1: Um, if I were to tell you that Matt Lafleur's brother was the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets, <laughs> uh, what, 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 what would you think?
0: I would say the Packers chose the wrong head coach. <laughs> I'll say the Packers should have just brought him in instead because uh, at least he'll be aggressive and have more fun instead of uh, just ruining what is such a great sport and, and just running two running backs into the dirt. Um, Jesus. Commanders and Lions. Uh, Washington Commanders need to go back to the Washington football team after this one because this is this was a, not a good game for them uh, in a lot of ways. Carson Wentz looked uh, very confused and very lost uh I haven't seen him look this lost probably since Philadelphia. I know last year he had some ups and downs, but man i mean he he looked he looked really rough for about two and a half three quarters of this game, and they tried to turn it on late and it just it just, it just wasn't enough man Detroit was able to hold on they were able to pull this one out uh commanders are in trouble, I think um I thought that they may be dark horses for this the division, um, especially after Dallas had the Dak Prescott injury. But the way the Eagles look and the way the commanders looked on Sunday, it is, uh, it's a concern if you're, if you're a Washington fan, I think.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And you know, the offense, the offense
0: line was one thing, you know, allowing all those pressures all
1: day. That's, that's, that's even tough for Wentz. And sure. he did sacks t- that were pretty bad and he made some pretty bad decisions. So. He stepped into a couple Hard of
0: them up. and we're, we're going to talk about Aiden Hutchinson in a minute. Cause he had three. And we 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 kind of we kind of poo pooed him last week. We'll talk about that. Yeah, I mean
1: you know one covered sack, one free rush, and you know one good rush. That's it's okay. Sure. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, um, the defense for the Washington Commanders, you let Jared Goff throw go for four touchdowns and just get fried all day, and they did whatever they wanted to do on offense, throw the ball, run the ball. That's that is very concerning. That's that is very concerning, and really back to back, not good defensive performances for them. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, but again, I think it's something that again I've been pounding the table uh, on this for a long time with Washington is their their secondary sucks and they've sucked for a long time, and and it, it just feels like their front seven they they're they're very well respected around the league and for good reason because I believe they have two Pro Bowl uh, nearly you know all, almost you could say nearly All Pro type players in John Allen and Deron Payne, and and with when Chase Young comes back and like they've got talent up there. Their linebackers are have have been a question mark for years. Cole Holcomb is like a guy that gets regular minutes for them, like a lot. Uh, <laughs> and I just don't, I don't, I don't understand it. And then you have got a secondary that, in my opinion, just hasn't properly been addressed. I mean, they're still just not very good in the back half of their their secondary, and it really shows, man. It it just it shows up in games, and you see it. And every every week, I feel like in in DFS, I'm looking at who does Washington play? What pass catcher can I get from the other side? You know, what? Who, are they playing a competent quarterbacks? If they are, then they're going to get 300 yards and, and a couple of touchdowns because Washington's secondary and their defensive. And it may just be a scheme and game plan thing, but I know Benjamin St. Juice allowed like the most or, uh, most completions in the slot last year, the most highest completion percentage or something crazy. Uh, their secondary is just not very good.
1: Yeah, no, they're not good at all. But I do want to give a lot of credit to Amari Ross St. Brown. I mean, he is turning into one of the probably 10 best receivers in the National Football League. Yeah. I mean, he is. He is putting on a clinic every single week, and, you know, mm-hmm. this week, nine catches, 116 yards, two touchdowns, routing guys up, sitting in zone. He just has a very great understanding, you know, for the wide receiver position. even have you know, a super long end-around as well. Just mm-hmm. a complete player. Very joy to watch, and if you're a Lions fan, I mean, you got to be just ecstatic to see him go off like this.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he's a really interesting player. He's, he's, he's a guy that... You know, it's it's kinda of what you wanna see, especially out of a, a receiving room where there's no no like no real standouts. That's it's, it's kinda of like if you're a Packers fan, it's what you kinda of wanna see Christian Watson do or or you know, you really wanna see Romeo Dobbs or somebody just step up and really take the reins of the receiving room. And and Amon Ross St. Brown has done it. He's he is the perfect epitome of uh when preparation meets opportunity, right? Because he, he's he is a he's a really, really talented player. He always has been but to get the opportunity for for them to say you are our number one guy we're going to go to you 12 times a game can you handle it and for him to be able to answer that call and, and not only answer it but really just almost lead this team and and obviously Goff has to get him the ball so credit to him but sometimes Amon-Ra makes it really really easy for him to get the ball to him uh one one thing I will uh, I do want to talk about also it's pretty surprising looking at the box score DeAndre Swift had five rushes uh for 58 56 yards and jamal williams had 12 um so i don't know i mean i knew it was kind of a timeshare and i know deandre swift has been hurt uh that was just interesting i I, i'm i need to look at the snap count numbers for that but uh that's that's kind of an interesting split for them and obviously we would be remiss uh, if we didn't give a big shout out to dj Chark, following up his big game last week with a uh just a goose egg and four targets uh good shit dj nice nice job uh i don't know why i'm hating on dj Chark. i really don't hate dj Chark. he's it's just it's just so funny to watch, and it's not funny, but well, I got I don't know, it depends on how sick you are in the head. I guess I'm I'm a sicko, and I think it's funny, but to watch somebody go from being like people thought he was going to be an all pro receiver at in Jacksonville, and then to watch him just, I mean, just 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 tumble down <laughs> to to zero catches on four targets from Jared Goff in Detroit is, uh, that's something. And yeah, like we said, we need to we do need to talk about, or we need to at least congratulate. Aiden Hutchinson on his three sack performance. We we did we did poo poo and we shit on him last week, and he 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 delivered. So uh, we no more talking bad about him. He he you know if we want him to, well I guess if we want him to succeed, we should keep saying he, he sucks. But
1: um, well yeah I mean or he goes up against that old offensive line every week. That'd yeah
0: yeah. <laughs> no I mean
1: he he definitely had with five pressures three sacks. I mean he he, had, he definitely had a good game. I think he came out um, because of injury a couple times so. You know, if you're a Lions fan, he'll... Half.
0: I'm going to say they're all first half sacks as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, they were. They are on the mm-hmm. first half. But it was, like I said, one coverage sack because Wentz walked right into it. He beat, you know, whoever the tackle was on the second one. And then the third one, they ran a little twist, a little game up front. He got a free rush at him. Yeah. So, no, I mean, it, he he had a good game. Um, if you're a Lions fan, you're hoping that he's okay, you know, health wise. If you're a Michigan State fan, <laughs> never then you really don't <laughs> care too much. Uh, Malcolm yeah.
0: Rodriguez, wasn't he like a seventh round pick, sixth round pick who won that starting job? That's.
1: Yeah, out of Oklahoma State, first-team All-American. Yeah he's, yeah,
0: he's he's played well so far. Uh, and before anybody that caught that is a, a Washington fan listening to this thinks that Cole Holcomb's good because he had 10 tackles, I'm sure that that'll, that'll – <laughs> if, if any Washington fans hear this, their first response will be, Cole Holcomb's one of our best defensive players, dude. What are you talking about? Like, dude, he's, he sucks. I've watched <laughs> him play too many – I've watched him play for too many years. I, I know he sucks. Uh, speaking of sucks, Antonio Gibson had a really tough time. Again, that, that offensive line was just overrun uh antonio gibson in my opinion is dead this year uh and and until further notice because they they just lost their center for a good part of the year as well uh if they're going up against even a competent defensive front i'm not touching the commanders period uh point blank at all uh i don't like anybody on their offense right now terry mclaurin's only getting like four catches for 75 yards which is not a bad game but for terry where he's we're, we're used to seeing him put up crazy numbers with taylor heineke like so for him to be this limited with Carson Wentz at quarterback, I mean, it says a lot about where the offense is. It says a lot about not not necessarily wins, but just the offense in general. Um, yeah, I mean that 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 is it's pretty surprising. It's yeah. pretty surprising result. I mean, all things considered, I, I don't think people are shocked because Detroit was look they looked fine week one, but their defense looked kind of bad. Um, they played a lot better and they deserved to win, um, and they got one. So we'll see how much Detroit can, uh, how many wins they can string together. I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest it's any over like six but, you know, great things have happened. I mean, Chicago looks terrible, so that's two free wins potentially, so uh, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, Buccaneers and Saints, this was uh, kind of a shit fest, man, and, and we, we kind of expected it to be that, too. We we kind of knew yeah. that it was going to be just a, the kind of the shit bowl of the week. Uh, it wasn't because there's one more that was worse, but this one was just terrible, and I, I mean, credit to us, because we called the under, and I think most people probably did, but Todd Bowles again, you know, um, their offense is is horrible. Uh, I know they didn't have any receivers, but their offense looks really bad this year. And, and people are blaming Brady and saying Brady's done, and that might be true, but it's just it, it's a, it feels like a completely different game plan, a completely different attack to last season and it, it, or even the season before. And it's just kind of it kind of makes you wonder, you know, what is Tampa Bay gonna be this year? Are they really gonna be a competitor in the NFC? or Are they just maybe a playoff team and a one and done?
1: Yeah, I mean, coming to the season, that's why I, you know I <laughs> picked the Saints to come out of the NFC, but you know that didn't look too good you know, on Sunday. But I, it was yeah. a lot of this for the reason that the Bucks in their offensive line, like I just I didn't trust it, and Tom Brady's not trusting them either. I mean, he's getting the ball out, yeah. dumping it up when he can, third and eight, nine. He's like, hitting two and three hour routes. He's just getting rid of it. He doesn't trust them. You know, they're not protecting him, and then obviously no Godwin, Julio doesn't play, Mike Evans, him as a family guy, Peter Griffin versus the chicken uh, rivalry, Marshawn Lattimore. Mike he Evans see-
0: uh, is getting an early, early start on his uh, post-playing boxing career. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll see him and uh, Marshawn in the ring in about 10 years, and they're both washed <laughs> and old. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, was... uh, yeah,
1: it, 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 you're right. It is, it is a different attack. I mean, maybe they know that the offensive line, they may have some, you know, a strength maybe in run blocking. Not this week. Last week they looked pretty good. But, yeah, you know, I agree. maybe that's why they're trying to put on the ground a little bit more. I don't, I don't know. This is this obviously this isn't the same bucks offense and Bruce Arians staying on the sideline this week, <laughs> price to himself, man, I might need to get a headset on because this isn't looking or, or,
0: or maybe a uniform and maybe he can go play like <laughs> <you have> tackle. <laughs> uh, cause, yeah. cause I mean, I mean, they, they, they really, they really are struggling. Uh, I mean, maybe make a phone call to Chicago, see if Tevin Jenkins is still in the market. I don't know, man, but something, they've, they've got to figure something out this. This team is, this team is really struggling. And, uh, the offensive attack, like you said, I mean, they give Fournette the ball 24 times. I mean, geez, it, 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 it's it's insane. Um, now, for future reference, uh, if you consider playing Leonard Fournette in, in DFS, uh, I would because he, he is the only running back on that team that they trust. He's the only running back on the team that gets any looks, any red zone uh, rushing attempts, any targets. He is that offense in terms of their running back, and that's pretty rare in the league right now to have one guy who is just like, he is the running back. And that's that's a pretty antiquated thing that they're doing, but it, it is, that's what they're doing, and, and they're two and zero, so give them credit for that. Uh, on the flip side of the ball, um, talk about another running back who turned back the years, turned back the clock, uh, Mr. Mark Ingram. <laughs> Only got ten carries, had sixty yards. Maybe should have given it to him a little bit more. Um, Seems like it was pretty balanced too. I mean, along with twelve, as, as long as rest was twelve. And I remember watching it and thinking he was getting loose. So, uh, you know, maybe should have given it to him more. But uh, Jameis. Jameis looked a little bit more like Jameis this week to me. Um, he sure he, he did. He's coming was... back to his
1: old ways a little bit. Yeah, it was r- really tough to see because I expected him to kind of take a step forward. And I know, you know, if he's playing with the fractions back and all, I understand. But that has nothing to do with the uh, the decision making of making these passes, you know. I mean, it's yeah, It was very disappointing cool. watching him play like that because that, that, that's a game that they were, I think, have 3 nothing for a lot of the game. And it's 3 it 3 going into the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. And then to give up 17 unanswered or pick six, it was a lot of. I feel like it was a lot of other fluky stuff that happened for uh, the Saints. But you know, Alave basically drops a touchdown, ends up really being a fumble on a play mm-hmm. where he catches it in stride and he stumbles down and fumbles. Yeah. They just they have to figure it out on offense. I still believe that this is a team you know that can go pretty far. Jameis has to play better. There's you know there's there's no debate about it. They have the weapons to do so their defense is great you know it's so lights out they have to play they have to find someone on offense because if not they're just going to waste a pretty talented roster
0: yeah i mean i think that the, the, the roster is already wasted in my opinion i i again i mean Jameis winston we, we know what he is man we, we know we know who james is and, and he he is this guy you know 25 or 40 usually you expect more yards but a touchdown three picks you can even say it's three touchdowns three picks but That's what Jameis is, and and to expect him to step up any more than what he's capable of and what he's shown he's capable of is 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 in my opinion foolish for the Saints. And again, we talk about all the time and and I hate to again I hate to shit on defensive head coaches because there's a couple good ones in the league, right? Sean McDermott does a nice job. He's not really an offensive like guy, you know. But but he he's aggressive and, and he runs he has a nice offense over there, he knows what to do. But Dennis Allen, I mean, another defensive head coach. I mean, this is just a defensive head coach bowl, and it, it was it, – it, I was just going to uh, say,
1: that, yeah. didn't this game look like a, a nice defensive battle? It did. Nice, I mean, it
0: did. It battle. Like, yeah, it looked like I was watching a game from the 1990s, you know. It just wasn't – it's just nothing interesting about this game at all from the perspective of watching it. Um, I, I just I, – I, I had trouble getting into this game because I knew both of these teams were not very good. Um, and people may, you know, be up in arms about saying Tampa Bay is not good, but they're not. Um, at least not right now and, and the offensive line like you said I and mean, they're they're in big trouble they've got to do something to right the ship um, but uh, to me tampa seems like maybe a nine and nine and eight ten and seven team and they sneak into the playoffs or win the division maybe and just make the playoffs that way uh, but where the saints are going if their offense doesn't improve as well then i mean they're not going to make the playoffs they'll be they'll be lucky to be nine and eight um and i, I and to to be fair i mean the easiest or the best opportunity for the Saints to win against the Bucks is at home. So the fact that they didn't win that game, is, it, it doesn't really spell uh, good things for New Orleans moving forward. Um, looking at the next game on the slate, this is probably one we won't speak about too much, uh, would be Carolina uh, taking on the New York football Giants. Your yeah, thoughts? I mean, <laughs>
1: <laughs> didn't really uh, – <laughs> You much, didn't watch so... this game? No, not at all. Wow. I, I think, oh. Absolutely no chance. I'm Listen, watching the deck of Jones. I, I love Brian Dable, and he's, I mean, the fact that he is, has has a team at 2-0 is remarkable. I almost want to give him the coach of year job right now. Sure.
0: Uh,
1: yep. nah. yeah, I'm just looking at the box score, goodness gracious. I didn't really get this much. Huh? Yeah,
0: it's terrible. Um, this this was not on, because I have two monitors, right? So, for those of you guys listening, I, I watched the game on two monitors, the games, right? I have four on one monitor, four on another. That's why when I say I don't see everything, it's because I don't have fucking eight eyes, and I can't see every single game, right? Um, But, I I mean, I I do a good job of scanning to see what's going on. I I don't know how many times I scanned over and saw this game. This game was at the bottom left of my monitor that I don't really look at as often. Like, this was as far away from my actual eyes as humanly possible. Uh, it, It just wasn't a very interesting, again, a very interesting game. Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, I really try to defend him a little bit with the hate that came for him at the end of last year. He was injured. He took the Browns to the playoffs. Like, I know that the Browns had a good team around him, and, and they, they built a good team around him. Took him to the playoffs, man, and, and it was the first time in a long time. I just – I felt like he got a lot of hate last year. And uh, this year it seems, seems like it might be warranted, unfortunately. He had a QBR of 16. That is uh, not great, obviously.
1: Yeah, I mean, you go and you go play for that rule and your offensive yeah. coordinator, uh, Ben McAdoo, <laughs> it's, it doesn't really spell for uh, success. And Them sitting at 0-2 right now, the best course of action will probably be just go out there and lose every game and try to go get Bryce Young.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wouldn't hurt anything. I don't think they really walked in. I don't think they signed Baker to an extension, did they? I think they said they were... I don't know if they did or not. I don't think they did.
1: I believe I it know. was... It's just the one you do. For yeah, sure.
0: exactly. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, to me, when you when you fire, and you're gonna love this, when you fire Joe Brady and you go get Ben McAdoo, it, it really does beg the question of what the fuck are you doing? Because Joe Brady is at least a young guy who's got an offensive like mind, any in any in a good offensive mind, and then you take him and you fire him. And you bring in a guy who has shown no propensity for offense, especially as this time as a, with, the, with this time as a head coach for the Giants. Uh, this was supposed to be the Ben McAdoo revenge game, and it, it 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 it's like he wanted to get revenge on me because I had to watch it. Is is the way that I felt? Um, I mean, this yeah. this was horrible, man. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, shout out to him. He got a hundred yards on the ground. How the fuck did he manage? Oh, he broke a forty nine yard run. Okay, I was to say, how the fuck did he manage that? Uh, all right. <laughs> He had five targets again. Maybe, maybe McCaffrey's back as a fantasy fantasy player. Uh, and I, I, you know, stayed away from him on DraftKings the past two weeks. Maybe this week I should have played him, but I, I certainly didn't. Um, man, I mean, uh, looking on the giant side of it, like you said, Dable's great. Um, I love Dable. I, I, I enjoyed having him for one year at Alabama. Then he moved on because, of course, he did. Uh, I enjoyed him his year that he was there. Uh, thought he did a great job of bringing in an actual offense with some you know some interesting moving parts to it uh daniel jones oh man uh five five yards per completion is uh not very good uh or maybe it's per attempt either way it's just not that's not good um he didn't turn the ball over unless he fumbled uh he did not so he didn't turn the ball over that's great uh that's probably why they won, <laughs> uh, because he turned the ball over. <laughs> uh, Robbie Anderson fumbled. Ch- uh, Chuba Hubbard fumbled. Uh, what a what a player Chuba Hubbard is, man. He, he wasn't he the one at Oklahoma State that was like he was going to sit out and shit, and he was like, oh man, I'm yep. I'm, I'm, I'm a fucking first round running back. I'm not going to. I don't need this. And then yeah, he is terrible. Uh, Saquon twenty one carries, seventy two yards, uh, not great. Uh, Richie James is apparently reincarnated. Uh why are you around? Brown. one, yeah. <laughs> uh, just Antonio Brown reincarnated. Uh, just fantastic. What a player. Sterling Shepard. Uh, six for 34 is, his A-Dot had to have been abysmal. Uh,
1: yeah, so I, I'm looking at this now, and even though Kadarius could had that two catches for zero yards, there's no way they're even allowing Daniel Jones to push the ball down the field, you know, mm. you know losing the game like this. Maybe, you know, I'm not even going to say next week because Dallas has a really good pass rush. So I doubt the plan will change. But if they play a team, you know, not as good as a pass rush, and the uh, opposing offense will score more points, maybe they'll be trying to be more aggressive. But if you play like a Carolina, a Dallas right now, probably going to see much of the same kind of quick passes. You know, don't lose the game in one play.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's really all you can I mean, it, I guess it's smart for Dave will so. Sure. I mean, he's 2 0. Uh, I mean, he beat the Panthers in the. Bro, did they beat the Browns? Is that who they beat? Uh, Titans. Oh, Titans, oh my. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 2-0 for Day Um I think that probably comes to a screeching halt next week, but we'll see. Uh, oh, man. I don't have a lot to say about this game. I feel like I could have a lot to say. You know, like, if I really wanted to talk about this, I could, but... It's like you know, it's it's twelve fifteen in the morning. When we're recording this. I just don't know if I have the energy to really get into it. Yeah,
1: I mean, uh, we just this is the third game in a row that was basically the same game. So. Yeah, I
0: mean, it's just like it's like it's like that the the fucking like they ask you how you are and you say it's fine, but it's not really fine. But you can't get into it because they just wouldn't understand. That's how I feel talking about these games. It's like it's almost like Chinese water torture or something. You know what I mean? Like you can't, you just can't talk. You can't watch football like this because this game right here. If you watch this. If somebody put this on at like Sunday night football, America would fall asleep. Like collectively, America would fall asleep. They should prescribe this instead of Ambien to people. Like watch this game and you will fall asleep in 30 minutes. It, it is so boring. It is so devoid of any interesting moving parts. It is Matt Jones, who is an Alabama quarterback, so I, I have to at least like him a little bit. He 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 is he is what he is. And and Oh, man, like Mitch Trubisky, like, this this game right here is a stinker. Um, Damian Harris yeah. showing why he is, uh, in my opinion, one of the more disrespected running backs in the league for them to just bring in Ramondre Stevenson and say, all right, you're taking a, you know, a timeshare when Damian Harris is one of, in my opinion, just just – he's got great vision. He cuts well. He's not super fast, but he's just a really good runner. Um and he again had a great game. Ramondre Stevenson also had a good game. So I guess, like, what do I know? But, uh, Nelson Aguilar mossed poor, what was his name? Uh, with Witherspoon. 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 Yeah. He just mossed poor Kelly Witherspoon. Like, he didn't have to do that to him. And he did. Uh, Nelson Aguilar didn't want to go to overtime. He said, fuck it, I got to score or something, or we're going to go to overtime. I have to keep playing. Uh, just to, I mean, look, Jacoby Myers went crazy. I mean, I didn't even know that. Jacoby Myers went crazy. So good for him. Uh, I mean, yeah. Devontae Parker, zero catches on two targets. That's the easiest under ever. If you want to play Devontae Parker under receptions every single week, you can. It's free. Uh, it, it's people are <laughs> just giving away money. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that's the Patriots' side. i have um, seen if there's anything interesting that happened defensively. Jalen Mills got a pick, probably his first one in like four years. Uh I mean, nothing else really interesting happened.
1: Minka M- 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 got one too.
0: Minka M- did get one. Yeah, we're going to talk about them in a second because I got I got I got more to say about them. I think the Patriots, it's like they, they, they fucking hired Matt Patricia to run the offense and Joe Judge. Like the Patriots going to be shit. They're, gonna be they're
1: going to be terrible. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
0: they're yeah. just going to be bad. Like they're going to win seven games and 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 they're going to be fucking bad. And then Bill's going to retire and then Matt Patricia's going to take over and it's going to be shit forever. Like. I don't know, man. They, they they've missed on a lot of draft picks. They've missed on a lot of free agent picks. I mean, this, it's just it, it really is collapsing around Bill, and it's time for him to get out. And I respect yeah. Bill a lot, and I think he's probably one of the best head coaches ever. Uh, but you know, you, 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 he should have gotten out three years ago. I mean, he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have stayed for this rebuild. This is this is because to me it taints his legacy because it makes you think this is an old, out of touch guy who doesn't know how to win football games in the NFL like right now anymore. Like the shit's passing him by. And he made the playoffs last year, but God. I mean, did they really deserve to? That team was so <laughs> bad last year. They, they were the worst team in the playoffs by a mile. Uh, and they, yeah, the that, Eagles were in the playoffs too. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, The Patriots. <laughs> fuck, fuck the Patriots, dude. Fuck them. They're fucking terrible. I don't want yeah, to. Yeah, and, and like a
1: little too. It's uh, <laughs> it really makes Bill seem I was, I was, like you said just out of touch old coach. Yeah. That's he was really one of the first coaches to incorporate analytics, you know, into um. Into his game plan, at least you know defensively, and he had some offensive stuff though. Yeah, but he was he he, he never really played like a base four three or three four. He was always multiple, showed a different, bunch of different looks, really ran nickel and penny dime all that before, like really ahead of his time almost. And you know, for him to kind of go out like this, is, it's just
0: it's sad, man. Kind it's of sad. Hurt. It's like if Nick Saban goes out at, at Alabama like six and six for three years, like just just fucking give yeah. it up, man. Like you just got to give it up. Like, and, and again, I, I know the, the response to that would be, oh, they made the playoffs last year. Dude, they were bad last year, too. They, they got bailed out a couple games, and they beat the Bills in, like, the snow game where they, they ran the ball 700 times. Like, yeah, like, two dude, passes, some, of the, some of that stuff is just, like, you know, they, they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs last year, and I'm not saying the Dolphins did either, but they definitely didn't. The Patriots did not, and and they're terrible. They're going to continue to be bad. They're going to win some games just because, like, Bill is going to will them into wins. I think that's kind of what happened this week, uh, along with a combination of something else that we're going to talk about. like.
1: Yo, yeah, we are. Oh, my goodness. Uh,
0: we're going to talk about the the con job of the century, right? Because somehow Mitch Trubisky played so terrible in Chicago that he got cut, or he, they didn't pick up his option or whatever the fuck happened. And he went to Buffalo for one year, sat behind Josh Allen, didn't do shit but just sit there. And now, somehow, he got a starting job in the NFL. And I don't understand. Like, we talk about all these quarterbacks, all these rookie quarterbacks, and, and like, this year's rookie quarterback class is obviously very... just. I, I would just say that they're 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 just not up to the standard that we're used to seeing from NFL quarterback classes coming out of college. And it's because a lot of them are, you know, senior guys, older players who just, you know, stayed around and, and, and earned their spot. And, you know, Desmond Ritter and Kenny Pickett and, like, old quarterbacks, right? Will- yeah, Malik Willis is 25. Like, Kenny is 25 and, and Desmond Ritter's 25. Like, we just got 25-year-old rookie quarterbacks, right? And Mr. Trubisky's probably, like, 25, too. He's probably 26. <laughs> but you can't... You can't take quarterback that was so horrific in Chicago sit him behind a good quarterback for one season and think all of a sudden that he is the starting caliber quarterback just play Kenny Pickett dude like at at the very least you drafted Kenny Pickett the first round you've got to at least play him because you're not winning any games with with Trubisky at quarterback against a competent football team at the very least if you put Pickett out there and I know the offensive line's not good but if you at least put Pickett out there and just see what he can do then you'll know okay do we really need and do we do we have the quarterback we need or do we just waste a first-round pick on a guy that, that's that's not the guy? But you need to know that now. Like you already know, Trubisky's not the answer. So I don't really know what Tomlin's doing. Just just like, sticking his head in the sand and continuing to run with Trubisky.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, he he can't start after this week. I mean, no, back-to-back, no, abysmal performances. He got lucky last week that broke yeah. through 10 million picks and a bunch of missed field goals. Right. He, you cannot keep running him out there, especially with the talent that you have on that team. Not only defensively, you have a pretty good wide receiver room. Pat Friermuth is he is a damn good tight end. Yeah. You cannot keep running him out there like that. When Really, the division is... Is really up in the air. Like, it's wide it's open, open,
0: man. It's wide open. Yeah. If your defense and is why... good enough to beat the Ravens. Like you're good enough to beat them on defense. And and if your offense could just could wake up from its three year coma because Ben's been there for three years and maybe they just realize, like, oh, you know, well, we can replace Ben with Mitch. It's not gonna be that big of a deal. But like it is not, it's not that big of a difference. But the thing is, like, Mitch is Mitch is so bad and like why why would you even draft a quarterback then? Like if you're not gonna play the quarterback you drafted and you're gonna play Mitch Trubisky, why? Like, well, I just – I really have a tough time understanding it. Uh, Najee yeah, Harris was I, completely inefficient again, uh, as, is, as is expected. He can't run behind that offensive line. Uh, they don't open any holes for him to run through. He doesn't if, – if they do, he doesn't see them. Uh, yeah, just yeah, inefficient probably. running back. and just kind of He him. had
1: a, a Trent Richardson moment out there. No, I, I think he's, he's
0: still, still a little injured, but, um, you know, it's –
1: it's rough. it's kind of it's rough watching him
0: run. He doesn't really plant his foot in the ground and get explosive up the field. He's not explosive like, at all, though. He's not an explosive runner. Yeah, it's kind of just hard. It's, it's 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 hard to watch him. And I thought the same thing when he was in Alabama. I liked him as a college recorder, or college running back. I thought he was a good college running back. I thought in the NFL he was definitely going to have limitations. Um, they found a way to utilize him in the passing game, which is which I think is going to make him seem like a better running back than he actually is. Um, and and it pains me. It pains me. It does because. I, I'm still the type, like, I, I wouldn't even really admit that Bill Scarborough is bad. Like, I think Bill Scarborough has a, a spot in the league somewhere. Somebody's fourth, like, you know, their short down back, their goal line back, like, he could he could fucking, he could score some touchdowns. Uh, I like,
1: do agree. Some <laughs> team definitely needs a guy to hand the water to the uh,
0: quarterback. Relax, so. relax, 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 <laughs> uh, relax. Relax. <laughs> but, uh, you know, finding a way to utilize him in the passing game is nice, but, you know, you draft a first-round running back, I mean, you kind of expect him to, you, you expect him to do a little bit more than this, and um, you know it's not a Nazi's fault necessarily. The offensive line is terrible, but uh, it's just tough. I mean, he did have twenty twenty touches for eighty nine yards, which in, you know in isolation is not bad, but when you see fifteen carries, forty nine, it just really puts things into perspective. Um,
1: yeah, exactly, and I mean it, it just it really just goes back to the quarterback, and then and if you put Kenny Pickett out there, two things you'll see if he's competent, if he can play. And you'll know if Matt Canada just needs to go. Exactly, I agree with that. Dude. Too. Yeah. And you need to know now. This prolonging Tomlin just wants to go nine and eight, eight and nine. <laughs> you know this that needs to stop. You yeah. like, yeah. yeah. It's like, why do you want to just be in purgatory for the next <laughs> three to four years? Like, what, what what's the fun in that? Like, I agree. Just, and
0: see, I would never, I would never necessarily campaign for this. But I oftentimes, when I watch the Steelers, wonder if it's time for Mike Tomlin to step away from them, and 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 not that he necessarily would want to, or not that they would even ask him to do that, or they want him to, but he's been there for so long, and they they feel like they're kind of in a in a place right now where where they're just in a rut, and and sometimes just as an organization, you need to you need that head coaching change, like you just need a fresh set of eyes on the on the organization, on the team, on the players. And and again, I don't know how Steelers fans feel about that. I'm sure that they're 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 Tomlin till they die or whatever. But I mean, I mean sometimes it just feels like like you're right. Like he he he's they're toiling in mediocrity. And do they really have to? Uh, and I don't I don't really know the answer to that. Um, I know their defense played really well, um, barring the one uh, Nelson Aguilar just just took the game into his own hands and decided that they, that he wanted the Patriots to win. Basically, he was just like, I kind of want to win this game. Let's just let's just win. <laughs> And he did. Uh, Miles Jack got 13 tackles. Uh, Minka again had another pick. Mac Jones threw a, just a horrible, horrible pass, and Minka picked it off. Uh, uh, you know, I, I'll celebrate a Mac pick as long as it's to Minka. If it's anybody else, then I'll be a little sad for Mac. But can't be sad about him throwing a pick to Minka. Um, but yeah, I thought that's the Percy Harvin. It's Presley Harvin. Uh, and we, we yeah. keep it moving. I forget that they have a, a punter named Presley Harvin. Uh, this, this, yeah. I mean, again, we talked about this game longer than we probably should have. But these are just two like blue blood type blue yeah. It, programs it, it, it. here blue chip organizations and and to see them both in kind of a similar position is is it's not necessarily sad because like it's time for some new some new faces up at the top you know what i mean but yep. it, it just feels like a changing of the guard and it feels like that game was almost the perfect encapsulation of what's wrong with both of those organizations at the same time um yeah exactly and, and i mean it's just uh, it, it's just it, again. I wouldn't say it's sad, but it is just. It's just interesting, I guess. But uh, from one dumpster fire to another. <laughs>
1: uh, well, Man,
0: let's talk about Jacksonville first, okay? Because I want to make sure we give them the credit they deserve. Uh, Jacksonville is apparently a fortress to play in. You don't want to go to Jacksonville ever to play a football game, um, especially if you're a team from Indiana, because. You can't beat Jacksonville there. They are impenetrable at at home. Uh, Trevor Lawrence uh, played, I think, an efficient football game. Um, And, you know, I I think he played like Tua. (laughs) Like, I hate to say that. I think he played like Tua. Like, everybody claims Tua plays. That's kind of how Trevor Lawrence played. Like, you know, took the dump-offs, took the short stuff, took the easy stuff. 25 for 30, very efficient game, two touchdowns. It's a good football game for him. Uh, as as opposed to last year where Urban Meyer had him throwing four interceptions every game. So, good for him. Uh, Really, really nice. Uh, James Robinson showing that he's the bell cow with 2.8 yards per carry. Uh, He also had a run of 37, which means realistically he was, what, 22 uh, carries for 27 yards? Uh, Yeah. that's not good. Um, ETM wasn't much better. So, it's not like, you know, you can call for ETM to get the ball more. But that that's pretty inefficient running when you run twenty what thirty one times between your two running backs and you barely crack eighty yards and you had a forty yard run. That's rough. Uh receiving wise, Christian Kirk still still wide receiver one. Evan Ingram had his breakout game a week too late. I was I was expecting it to be last week. It wasn't. It's this week. Then by breakout I mean like what, like ten fantasy, eleven fantasy points. <laughs> uh Marvin Jones, ETN, I mean, you know, Zay Jones again is involved. I mean it wasn't it wasn't a sexy game from Jacksonville by any standard on offense, but on defense, uh, I thought they shined on defense. I so thought they looked really good. And again, I didn't watch this whole entire game, but I definitely caught a good bit of it just because I was trying to see. And I also had a bet on the Colts as well, so I was trying to just see what the hell was happening. And uh, Josh Allen, not that one, uh, went crazy today or uh, Sunday. He 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 was all over uh, Matt Ryan. He just made him miserable. Matt Ryan was in hell on Sunday.
1: Yeah, no, he's... He has shown flashes, you know, throughout his first couple of years in the National Football League. And, yeah. you know, again on Sunday, I mean, two sacks, two quarterback hits. I mean, he's probably a bunch of pressures, sack for loss. Tons he, of pressures, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he looked really good. Yeah. That's, that's very encouraging to see from Jacksonville. And just speak, speak on Tra- Trevor Lawrence again. He a very efficient game i did catch you know some glimpses of this game mm-hmm. he just he seemed pretty calm in the pocket you know pretty cool very sharp you know not not trying to force the ball downfield not trying to force in double covers like he you know often does because he trusts his, his golden arm he has a really good arm obviously yeah
0: but, he does great arm. Uh,
1: yeah but just trusting the game plan giving what you know taking what the defense is giving him. very smart game from trevor lawrence and going forward that's that's what you expect to see from you know a guy that was touted
0: as the next Peyton Manning you know all this
1: up there so it was very encouraging to see that from Trevor
0: yeah I agree and I think Doug Peterson is probably the perfect coach for him uh I think Doug Peterson is a guy that is not he's not going to go out of his way to be ultra aggressive all the time but he is going to play a, a competent offensive system that is going to give him opportunities to give him opportunities to change the game but also give him opportunities to just keep the game at a steady pace especially a game that you're winning. And Jacksonville's not used to having a game like this where they're just winning the whole game, right? So, I think realistically what you could expect from this team is is, you know, it honestly is encouraging to see not only can they beat a team like the Colts, but they can comfortably beat them and have an offense that looks maybe not super threatening but competent for most of the game. Um, especially when your defense is playing like they are. Matt Ryan had a QBR of six. So, it, you know, it begs the question. Uh, I, I guess the Falcons were probably right to get rid of him when they did. Um, it what, what can the Colts do? Because they're stuck with Matt Ryan. They don't have a choice. It, it feels like the Wentz situation all over again. It's like you went from Carson Wentz and you said, wow, we made a fucking horrible mistake trading picks for this guy, right? This guy is terrible. We're cutting him. We're trading him, whatever. And then you trade for Matt Ryan, who is a bag of dust, who can't move in the pocket. He's not He's not an exciting quarterback anymore. He's not an MVP. Like, he threw, he threw three picks. He got screamed at the whole game. I mean, he, he nearly had an under 50% completion percentage. It was just all bad from Indianapolis, and it seems like that's kind of, like, how their whole season's
1: been so far? Yeah, no, for sure. And that offensive line, you know, he expected that to be kind of like the uh, bright spot on that team, and they have been absolutely Please. terrible. Yeah, given yeah, I would say I think two of those sacks from Matt Ryan, but the other three were on the offensive line. Yeah. really, no time to throw. And it's really it raises the question: Why on earth did you pay Quentin Nelson a guard all of that yeah. money? And you're lo- and he's locked up for what the next four or five years. It just it makes no sense. I really compare the situation to Tennessee. I think the Colts in Tennessee are really just the same type of team. Dude, they want to get an under center, get an eye form, yeah. hand the ball off, and throw when you have to. And I don't think, you know, Reich and Vrabel realize that the year is 2022, and you just cannot win like that. And with them playing like that, I mean, we haven't talked about it yet, but they're opening the division to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and that's... Um, that's very sad if they were to lose the division to the Jaguars and the first year. I, I hope uh,
0: they do. I hope Jacksonville yeah. does make the playoffs. I, I would. I would love to see them make the playoffs, and I would love to see the Colts and the and the Titans take a step back because, like you said, I, and and it's because I love football so much, and I, I want I I want good coaching, and I want progressive play to be rewarded. I don't want Mike Vrabel to get another nine win season to make the playoffs and 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 maybe win a playoff game, like he they the titans and we'll get to that the colts and the <laughs> titans like you said they're they're they are both they're both a very similar style of team uh except that the colts actually have a good defense um that's what makes the colts kind of a scarier team in terms of the ability to make the playoffs but when your quarterback is getting getting pressured the way that Matt Ryan's getting pressured when he's throwing the ball out of pressure into interceptions when 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 you have a 38 37 year old quarterback making boneheaded decisions rookie type decisions uh that's that's when you start kind of screaming for like uh, that's a cause for concern uh and you know jonathan taylor nine for 54 he had a long of 21 but i mean he touched the ball nine times like jonathan taylor or 10 times yeah he had a catch jonathan taylor is one of the most if not most electric players in the league he's definitely one of the Premier players in the NFL, at least he was last year. So to give him the ball ten times, I don't care if you have to throw it to him. I don't have. To, I don't care if you have to line him up in the slot. I don't care if you have to line him up by wide. You got to get the ball in his hands somehow, uh, you know. And Ashton Doolin seemed like he had a great game, but he can't be the focal point of your offense, even if you're losing. Like you have to find a way to get J.T. involved, and they just didn't, and they paid the price. I mean, they, they just they got thumped by Jacksonville. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how many people saw that coming.
1: Yeah, they definitely did. Um, yeah, I mean it's. It's just back to the old just not creative offense and just lining him up under center when it's or when Matt Ryan under center and wide and everybody up in the box, as you like to say. That's yeah. that's how they play. Yeah, it's and the it's... wad,
0: man. It's the wad. <laughs> it, it, it is it is it is brutal to watch and, and again like this, this game was interesting to me because of the Colts just uh just just falling apart, really. I mean they're just falling apart. Um and you know, everybody likes, likes to watch a good train wreck. Uh, that is a that is a train wreck, <laughs> what the Colts are doing right now. Uh, another train wreck, uh, a potential train oh, wreck. Geez. Uh, I mean, if if we're being unbiased, if we're being objective here, uh, the Saints just let their foot off the gas a little too much. That's really what happened, right? Like Atlanta and Arthur Smith, give, give a lot of credit to Arthur Smith. He's got his team playing really hard. They're terrible. Uh, just Just personnel-wise, they're bad. all over the place. Um, But he has his team playing really, really hard. And uh, it's never a substitute for talent, but it certainly helps. Because when you have untalented players that aren't playing hard, you you really, you know, you find yourself in a really bad spot. Uh, Arthur Smith has his team playing hard. They're not necessarily going to win a lot of games this year, but it it just shows you that if, you know, if you take your foot off the gas against Atlanta, that they, they definitely can at the very least compete with you
1: you know yeah i mean you know i experienced that firsthand um, <laughs> at the rams minus nine and a half and <laughs> it's 28 it's 28 to three and i'm cracking uh twenty-eight to three jokes with my falcons friends and i guess that came back to bite me in the ass at, in the end huh because uh, yeah they you're right they they definitely were playing hard and they had a chance at the end um jalen ramsey makes a great play interception in the game but yeah, yeah i mean the Rams, not, a, not a great
0: throw game. by Mariota, to be fair, as well. I mean, yeah, it's
1: not yeah, a great throw, yeah, for sure. Now, the Rams they, they dominate this game, obviously. And Stafford mm-hmm. threw a couple of very interesting picks, he's on his way <laughs> to a 30 30 season. You know, shout out to Jameis, shout out to Matthew Stafford. <laughs> I mean, just much of the same. I mean, the run game couldn't really get going, Cooper Cup dominated, you know, just a very Rams. Best performance. They farmed Allen Robinson touchdown at the goal line. Shout out him. He's alive.
0: Yeah, great. God yeah, they, they really, they really forced the ball to him a little bit, which is great. I mean, good for him. I mean, they, you know, you signed him for all that money. That's kind of what I said week one. Like you sign him for a lot of money, you at least got to throw him the ball. Like you have to <laughs> just to make your money back on him because uh, nobody's going to buy an Allen Robinson jersey to help you recoup your losses if uh, if you don't throw him the ball, <laughs> so you at least throw him to him sometimes yeah, that uh, true. something encouraging uh, at least in, in fantasy perspective from Atlanta side, uh, Tyler Algier getting 10 carries is interesting to me because uh, he was a healthy scratch, I believe, week one so seeing him yeah, seeing him play week two and seeing him get 10 carries is interesting, uh, Cordero Patterson obviously got 10 as well, but Cordero Patterson was barely used in the passing game Um So I'd be interested if, if, you know, I'm not interested enough to actually go watch that game again, but uh, I'm interested to see or hear about maybe what what, what the deal was with Cordero in the passing game and why he wasn't as involved. I mean, they threw it 25 times. It's not like they just aired it out, but, uh, you know, still still kind of curious. Um, And again, questions should probably be asked about if Desmond Ritter is going to get to play this year. I think Desmond Ritter can do the same things Mariota's doing with his legs, uh, if not maybe a little bit more because there's less tread on those tires. Not that Mariota, for the past few years has had any tread put on them, but, uh, you know, I mean, two touchdowns, two picks, 196 yards. It's pretty underwhelming stats, and it's like, you know, you want you want to put a veteran quarterback ahead of a rookie that's going to protect the ball and give you a chance to win games. Mariota's not really protecting the ball, uh, so what's the point? Kind of the same thing with Trubisky. Like, what's the point? What's the real point in having a veteran ahead of your guy if they're not really doing much to help your team win? I just don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, Drake London, we can talk about him. Uh, A bright spot for Atlanta. Um, Obviously, drafted a tight end top five, and he had two catches uh, like tight ends do. So congratulations for that, you degenerates. You you fell for the bait, the generational talent bait, and you fell for it. Well, Uh, yeah, I mean.
1: I think a lot of it is on Arthur Smith. Too. It, they it have, certainly yeah. is, but
0: it is, but it's fun to to poke fun at, at, at the fact that they <laughs> took a tight end like fourth or fifth or whenever they took him. It's still funny. Uh, Drake yeah. London, though, I mean, showing he was a good pick, man. I mean, the injuries don't seem to be bothering him too much. His past injuries, he seems like he's he's on the right track. I mean, twelve targets means that he is getting a workload, and you know, he's showing he can handle it.
1: Yeah, no, very very talented receiver. One of you know, I think. I think I had Garrett Wilson one and then Drake London two, so a banner day for me. I'll have myself yeah. on the back there. Yeah. Obviously next week they're gonna both drop three passes each, but
0: <laughs>
1: sure, yeah. But no, yeah. I mean he's super talented, big big body receiver he can go up and win. He can create separation. He's very talented and obviously like you said the um injuries come into you know, his NFL career were somewhat of a concern I guess, but you know so far so good and hopefully they, he continues that. Yeah,
0: um and you know again that that receiving core once Calvin Ridley gets off of suspension for the murder that he committed, then, you know, uh, the receiving core might end up being okay. Uh, it is too bad that he had to, he had to, you know, commit such a heinous crime against the league and, uh, yeah. miss out on at uh, least one, maybe more seasons. Uh, but Hey, you know, that's, that's <laughs> the rules. And, and, uh, he, he knew the rules. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> I think him and, uh, Pete Rose can. Yeah, man. Talking.
0: Yeah. I mean, how dare you! How dare you! Uh, you shame the league in that way, Calvin. You, you, instead, you should have. Well, never mind. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, to go, we'll, go we'll, to Cleveland. We'll uh, we'll, 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 shift gear. Yeah. we'll shift gears. We'll shift gears. Like talked about the, the Rams. I mean, uh, I thought it was interesting because Sean McVay said that Cam Akers should do more with his opportunities, and he gave him a lot more opportunities this week, and he uh, had two point nine. So Yeah, uh, I don't, again, I mean, I don't great, think he'll get uh, many more opportunities. <laughs> great way to seize your opportunity there, Cam. Uh, I always thought he was a little bit overrated coming out of college. I mean, he was Florida State, but he was the only good part of the Florida State team. He was the only thing about that team that was worth the shit. So, like, you know, when you, when you got one good player on your whole team and you make the, him the focal point of the team, it's really easy to make him look like an NFL talent. Um, and I'm not saying that he's not an NFL talent, and I'm not saying that the Achilles has nothing to do with this, because I'm sure it does, because coming back from Achilles has to suck. I can't imagine Terry in your killings. It must be the worst, probably the worst injury that you could you could go through uh, other than maybe breaking your leg, I guess. But, uh, you know, Daryl Henderson just looks better than him. He just looks better. He he, he looks like he's got more burst. He looks more elusive. He, he's just a better running back right now. So don't feed Cam Akers because you wasted a draft pick on him. McVay, that that just doesn't make any sense. Don't feed somebody because you wasted a draft pick. Feed the guy that's the hot hand. Feed the guy that's the better player. Right now, it's Daryl Henderson. And, and I know that that seems like a crazy thing to say especially coming into the season nobody would have believed it but right now it's the truth um cooper cup obviously did cooper cup things we don't really have to talk about him everybody knows how great cooper cup is if you don't know then you know uh welcome to <laughs> life in 2022 <laughs> after the rock that you've been living <laughs> under uh tyler higby <laughs> Thought uh it was interesting because people kind of thought tyler higby was going to have a good game um i don't know that people would have predicted to him to have nine targets and seven catches um, but you know he 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 could be a very integral part of that offense moving forward um especially when you know you don't really have any other receivers out there you have Allen Robinson or, or the yeah. you know the, the corpse of Allen Robinson and, and uh, <laughs> you know <laughs> Ben Skoranek. so it, it, yeah you know, it's but it,
1: especially in the, until you know Van Jefferson gets back Van correct. Jefferson
0: yeah right uh, that'll help a lot i think and Tutu atwell yeah. man what a draft pick! What a, what a what a terrific talent! Because he hasn't he, he couldn't even register a, a target. I would love to see his snaps here on offense if he even got on the field. Uh, and 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 I don't I don't I don't say that to shame Tutu well. It's more more for the people who who bang their drum, you know, like people who bang the Tutu Atwell drum before the draft, saying like, oh my god, you know, you can't miss this guy in the third round or fourth round or whatever. And then you know it's James Prochet all over again, or people just you know bang that drum and and uh, just doesn't he just isn't anybody. He's just nobody of note. Uh, it's just it's just funny, man. Uh, but yeah, as a game, uh, again, it's not really a lot to talk about. I mean, the Rams just took the foot off the gas. The Falcons tried to capitalize, and at the end, it was just not enough. They just not enough talent. Talent just kind of wins out eventually, and it did. So, um, oh god, jeez, jeez, man. Uh, well, let let's just let's just talk about the the. Obvious. The obvious thing to talk about would be Trey Lance breaking his ankle. Uh, it's it's a really unfortunate injury for a player that that I think the Niners really needed to know what he is this year. Um, this this would be year number two. I think it's really important in in terms of uh, understanding the quarterback that you have, especially when you have a tenured coach like Shanahan. Um, and and he has a very specific uh, skill set that he needs in his quarterback. And I, I think this was kind of his year to. Gauge Trey Lance and see, you know, all right, how good is this guy? You know, do we, are we going to keep him? Is he long term, or is he kind of like a, did we miss on him? You know, because I think last year when you draft a guy third overall, yeah, and he doesn't start in the first year, and I know Jimmy G played fine, but he really needed this year to kind of see what Trey Lance is. So now you're going into that third year with no idea at all what Trey Lance can be, um, and and that is a concern if I'm San Francisco. Because Jimmy's leaving after this year, right? So uh I would be mildly concerned if I was San Francisco right now.
1: Yeah, definitely um, definitely um sucks. Sucks for Trey Lance to lose a season. And I believe Dak had uh, a very similar kind of injury. Yeah. And he comes back and he isn't running nearly as much as he did. It's no, not nearly effective. Yeah, and if you told the Niners that you were going to take Trey Lance as, you know, pocket quarterback, I mean, I'm sure Trey Lance might have been a in, in drafted free agent at that point. Yeah, I mean, so, you take
0: Mac Jones at that point if you're going to
1: do that. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, it, it definitely sucks, but as far as the Niners, like, going forth in this season, you know, I, I I hate to say it, but I, I think it really helps them out, having Jimmy G. I mean, he's a very you know consistent quarterback for them he's really not gonna lose any games he's gonna make plays that's there he gets rid of the ball quick he's you know pretty accurate for the most part and once they put him in the game they were just driving just down the field i mean they scored 14 points in the or 14 points the second quarter 20 in the first half and second half they kind of you know ran the ball a little bit more yeah they took the foot
0: off the gas gas. that's the shanahan way yeah um yeah i mean I, i kind of agree with you it, it is really sad for Trey Lance because it is a guy that... And I think it's sad for a lot of football fans in general because I think a lot of people were really interested and curious to see what he was going to be. Um, I was never personally sold on the Trey Lance experience. Uh, a division, you know, a, a FCS quarterback who barely ever threw the ball in college. Yes, he has the measurables. Yes, he has the athleticism. Uh, but it's like, you know, you're, you're taking a relative unknown there and hoping that Shanahan can develop him. And now... What it seems like you've done is take a developmental quarterback third overall, and now you don't even really have a chance to develop him at all this second year. Uh and that hurts, man. That really hurts, especially a young quarterback in their in their development in the NFL. Um it it's brutal. And I've heard people say that that, that Jimmy gives them a better chance to win. Um and I think that's probably a reasonable thought. Uh my only my only thing is we really don't know what kind of opportunity Trey Lance would have given them. We don't really know what that team was going to be. We, 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 we didn't see it against Chicago because they didn't really have an opportunity to to do anything in, in the monsoon. So it, it, it's hard because you don't really know what that team was going to be with Trey Lance. You can kind of assume that they probably wouldn't be as efficient as they will be with Jimmy. Um, and, and there will be games where Jimmy Garoppolo's limitations as a quarterback and his, his just overall mediocrity, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but just his overall just kind of average play is not enough. Um, but again, I mean, in, in what I what I would say this season seems to be a wide-open NFC, I don't see why the 49ers can't make a run at it. I mean, they, there's just – it's not a very crowded NFC. Yeah, no, 100%. Um,
1: I, I actually think they – I kind of like them to win that NFC West at this point. I don't. I really don't like what I see. the Rams, the Cardinals. I'm, we'll speak on them later. I, I don't think they're very good either. Obviously, the Seahawks played. I really like them to compete and and really might win the the NFC West. You know, Jimmy. He's going to be like I said, very consistent. He won't really lose you in the games. I, and like you said, his you know his his um <clears throat> lack of athleticism. You know, in his limits, will, will hurt him in some some games but you just you just figure that you know Kyle Shanahan will you know i coach the other offensive mind, you know overall and put them in a situation where they put they make explosive plays and they'll get Kelsey back and Debo will you know gradually be a little more intricate part of the offense especially with Jimmy G back he really trusts him so I think going forward this is a definitely a to really, a Super Bowl contending team, almost just like yeah, last year. I mean, yeah, they're, they're
0: I believe really that amazing. they're a. I believe that they're a Super Bowl. In terms of getting to a Super Bowl, I don't think they're. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. A Super
1: Bowl. I, I meant more so like yeah, NFC yeah, to get
0: there. Yeah, I, agree. So, I
1: mean, looking at last year, they were a jaquiski tarred away interception away from going to the Super Bowl.
0: Exactly, and and again, I, I don't, I don't, I, I do not under any circumstances think they're capable of winning a Super Bowl with that roster. Um, I, I think, I mean, obviously, anything could happen in football any given Sunday, all that, right? but if you told me that the 49ers are in the Super Bowl and you you tell me almost any team from the AFC I'm saying okay they'd probably lose uh you know not any team but like any any real playoff contending team from the AFC I'm like okay you know the Bills they probably lose to the Bills they probably lose to the Chiefs they probably lose to the uh you know the the uh, uh maybe the Ravens give them a give them a game I don't know I mean it, it just it feels like most of the AFC contenders could probably beat the Niners um and I no yeah. I, maybe I should have put the Chargers instead of the Ravens but uh, I definitely wasn't gonna put the dolphins because I'm not trying to overreact after one week, dude. I'm not doing that, okay? We're we're gonna we're gonna keep it really even keel here. <laughs> I
1: I will, it is it is more than okay you put the dolphins on that list. I'm not, I because if Jimmy it. G can make the Super Bowl <laughs> I won't do Tua it. Can he, make Super Bowl I, with I Hill. won't do
0: it. I will not. I won't say those words. I can't do that. I'm not gonna jinx it. Yeah. If it's gonna happen, it'll happen, that's fine.
1: Uh I'm not doing this so quit
0: asking. I'm not doing it. Uh, Gino Smith on the flip side I mean Seattle are pretty toothless It's kind of what we expected uh, We knew coming out of a, coming out of a really uh, passionate win Against against Russell Bolson um, At home that it was going to be a letdown For them and it was a good comeback spot For San Francisco after losing on the road In, in, in less than ideal conditions this, this had all the makings of just a beatdown And it's basically what we expected uh, I thought Seattle would probably try to run the ball more It just seems like they were kind of ineffective um, They really didn't try very hard They just kind of threw it around um it was mostly short passes and um it's basically what you would expect from from this type of game in this type of uh environment and what, you know, each team did the week before. Nothing really surprised me here. Um there's just not a whole lot to say. It, it was it was a, exactly what we expected from Seattle, a lot of what we expect from San Francisco. I think that's it. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I mean. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not a lot to talk about with this one. I mean, other than yeah, I
1: do want to give uh Hafanga yeah. uh, a lot of credit that's safety for his Niners. I mean, he, you know, a lot of long hair Hawaiian, you know, players get um, the torpe comparison, but yeah. he, I mean, he really does move like him on the field. It's it's insane, insane. If you haven't watched him, maybe keen on number twenty nine for the for the Forty Nineers. He's a joy.
0: There you go. Uh, moving on to the Bengals and the Cowboys game. Uh, this is hilarious in my opinion. This is hilarious <laughs> to watch the NFL darling Cincinnati Bengals from last year, who I thought and again, you know, I, I thought they were probably one of the most overrated teams in the NFL last year. I think that they got hot at the right time. I think that they caught fire. I think that teams just for some reason had an issue defending Jamar Chase and not that Jamar Chase is not a good receiver. He is fantastic, but it just felt like teams didn't really understand a way to attack this offense. And it seems like Zach Taylor and the Bengals have kind of been caught up with a little bit. Um, and look, you can make the complaint about Burrow's offensive line all you want to, but they dropped like 70 mil on the offensive line. They brought in four brand new starters. So, And I'm not saying he has a ton of time to work back there, but Joe Burrow is... And, and people, a lot of people don't actually know this because they don't actually look at the metrics or don't look at the stats. Joe Burrow holds the ball longer than most quarterbacks in the NFL.
1: Any quarterback um, in the league. He yeah. he has taken the most amount of sacks over-expected among any quarterback in the league. Yeah, he holds the ball
0: forever. And it's because he was at LSU holding the ball forever. So it, it's something that he's done his whole career. It's not something that just started happening like this year or last year. It is something that Joe Burrow has done consistently his whole career. It is a vice of his, it is a big negative con on his resume, on his like his attributes as a player is the fact that he holds the ball forever. So when you put a quarterback who holds the ball forever behind an offensive line that just can't protect or or definitely can't give him the time that he needs, you know you get results like this. And again, I I I hate to equate it to the Dolphins. I hate to equate everything to the Dolphins. I try really hard not to do it, especially on the podcast. I do it in Discord enough. I do it just constantly, but I try I'll try not to for the podcast. But you know, when you look at a quarterback like Tua and you look at the offensive line that he's had to play with for the past two or three years, and you see, you know, the sack numbers, and I think his sack's above expectancy. He's, like, the best in the league in terms of, like, not getting sacks. Right, yes. Yeah. yeah, so you just look at the, the vast difference, right? And you see quarterbacks like Joe Burrow getting getting all this praise and getting all this sympathy, like, oh, his offensive line is so bad. They are bad. But we can't blame the whole offensive line for every single sack that Joe Burrow takes because i would say that maybe a good 60% of them are probably their fault and another 40% are his and, and that, was, that that percentage might be generous
1: yeah the, the data will actually suggest that um that's that's flipped and it's probably more so maybe 75% him and 25% them
0: and that's not a shock that's not a shock to me um i was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt maybe be more generous but yeah i mean if if that if, <laughs> again if if data shows up then 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 yeah i mean yeah, I mean, he's uh, he he's he just struggling, man. He's struggling behind a bad offensive line, but he's also struggling with holding the football. It's just not a good look for Joe, and uh, you know, just again, I mean, what can you say? Uh, they they're, they're inept offensively when he holds the ball too long and when they can't protect him. Um, Joe Mixon struggled on the ground. I thought that was going to be the bright spot for their team. Was Joe Mixon on the ground? I thought that was probably what was going to be uh, a key factor in in them winning the game. Um, that and the fact that the Dallas Cowboys had Cooper rush a quarterback, uh, and neither one of those things uh, determined the game, um, in, in the Bengals favor, uh, Higgins and Jamar, I thought played fine. I mean, Jamar had nine targets. He caught five of them. It's kind of a quiet day for Jamar Chase, but you know, you, you look at what the offense is and, and I think teams are kind of figuring out how to attack that offense. And kind of like we talked about last week, uh, they're just, they're just, they're in a bad place right now. Uh, I don't really know who they play next. Let me see. They play the Jets. So a good bounce back opportunity for them. But on the road against the Jets, I mean, Robert Sala, if anybody is going to understand how to how to attack that offense, Robert Sala is probably a good bet.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got, if you're a Bengals fan, you got to go back and really cuss out John Gruden for running that Tampa too. Because, <laughs> yeah. I mean, teams are imploring that and they are – you know, doing it in a couple of different ways. I saw a play where, you know, the slot defender goes back into a deep half, and they're really just mixing it up, mixing that look up, you know, mm-hmm. since the pressure here and there, and really confusing the Bengals and really forcing Joe Burrow to hit the ball in the middle of the field and tight coverage, and as we all know, he has, you know, below average arm strength in the National Football League. He doesn't want to attack the middle of the field. He wants to attack outside the numbers on, you know, comebacks, hitches, one-on-ones to his receivers, you know, little slants. You know, he wants to live there, but when you force him to really hit the middle of the field and put a really, like, a bubble from inside the numbers, inside the numbers on both sides, he's not going to be too successful. And, like, I have preached this last year. I was called a hater. I was called all this and all that. <laughs> I said, Tampa 2 is the defense for them. You make him throw on the middle field tight, he will not be successful. He'll hold the ball, he'll take sacks, and it's coming to fruition. So I'm... I'm very, I'm enjoying my victory lap. Yep. You know, Joe Burrow was, I was, I liked him in college. Oh, sorry. Very bad voice <laughs> crack there. All right. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I enjoyed him in college, and, but all of the praise that he got last year. And I just don't think he's a very, you know, very talented quarterback to, to compare him to the Josh Allen's Mahomes of the world. It's just, it's, it, it was super disrespectful. And, you know, obviously we're seeing now, that you know, coming to fruition and it's hopefully a that
0: adulation for a quarterback that was that was pretty he was above average last year in terms of his statistical play and his output but when you look at jamar chase and look at what he did after the catch when you look at the contested catches his receivers had to make it, it really kind of almost puts into perspective what kind of quarterback he is and it, it kind of makes you question you know not question necessarily but you have to look at the numbers and look beyond them to see kind of what kind of quarterback he is. Not the the flashy, you know, jacket and the fucking chain and the cigarette or the cigar he smoked at the national championship and the glasses and shit. <laughs> like, yeah, he wants to look fucking cool. He wants to be Joe cool, Joe Burr, whatever the fuck, right? But when you really think about it and you think about what kind of quarterback he is, It's not that he's a bad quarterback necessarily, but when you're throwing Hall of Fame adulation at him after last season, when you're saying this is not his last Super Bowl that he's going to go to, that he is going to be at multiple, multiple Super Bowls with the Bengals, you really just need to kind of pump the brakes because you don't know what you have. That's a second-year quarterback that made the Super Bowl based off of a team that just got really, really scalding hot that could not be stopped for for a month right, or for two months. it's not like he's done it consistently over the course of five years. And just now he's getting his, his due right. This is a, a brand new fresh faced quarterback in the league. You give these, and we, we, we shit on defensive coaches a lot, but you give these defensive coaches time to figure something out. They're going to figure the shit out. And, and, and you're going to have to make adjustments and change the way you play and improve and evolve. And, Joe Burrow is going to have to do that. He's going to have to evolve as a quarterback and evolve as a player. He's going to have to stop holding the ball for so long. He's going to have to be able to throw and hit consistent passes across the middle of the field where he's uncomfortable. And, you know, if he can't do that, then he's going to be Andy Dalton. <laughs> like, and, and he's obviously a little bit more talented than Andy Dalton, but but the the, the, the gist is there. It's just a Bengals quarterback, right? It, yeah. it, it really just feels like he he has to find another – Gear. He has to hit another gear. He has to improve. Uh, and because it right now, right. as a third-year quarterback, you expect a third-year quarterback to be making strides and improving. And and what has he gotten better at from last year? Because I can't see anything.
1: Yeah, and especially like you know, and Zach Taylor. I'm not sure. You know, I don't want to call for his head right now, but I'm just looking forward. I don't know how much longer that he's going to have because a lot of people aren't going to blame Joe Burrow. They're, They're gonna really find a scapegoat yeah. and go blame Zach Taylor, and like obviously we've seen you know quarterbacks now not have the biggest arm and be yeah. able to be pretty successful you know Absolutely. the degrees of the world yeah. you, know, you know even like Philip Rivers he didn't have you know pretty big arms yeah but you have to really scheme him to hit to hit throws that he yeah. you know that he needs to hit and I don't think Zach Taylor will be able to do that so I it's it, I it is a Zach really Taylor's interesting give and course. take yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's and,
1: so I, and like I said last year, I mean, Jamar Chase carried that team to the Super Bowl. Absolutely. I don't care what anybody says. Yeah, of he, course. He was ridiculous. He caught every jump ball, every goal line fade, <clears> any <throat> the slants that he broke to the house. I mean, he was the reason they made the Super Bowl. we're yeah. And I, obviously we're, you know, we're seeing and I thought
0: their their defense, like their defense toward the tail end of last year, played really well. Like, yeah. their, their defense played played pretty well at the tail end of last year, and their their defense this year has been okay um they played two offenses that are not very good it'll be interesting to see them play a good offense in in two weeks when they play miami on thursday night uh god here i go calling them a good <coughs> offense i need to check myself uh and a more explosive offense than they've seen so far let's call it that um, that is that is a good offense okay well it is but again I'm, I'm trying to temper expectations here uh so again like we said i mean i, I think like you said uh zach taylor uh, you know, it, it is a question of whether it's run its course, and I, I think you know it's hard to say that after you go to a Super Bowl and you win one. I think maybe they give him a year to figure it out, and I think maybe midway through next year, if they're still struggling, then he he goes. Uh, I would not hesitate to pull the plug on it because, again, it, it, these defensive coordinators and these defensive coaches—they figure you out eventually, right? And maybe Zach Taylor's just been figured out. Maybe his offensive scheme has been figured out. Maybe they figured Bur- Burrow out. Maybe they just need a fresh set of eyes in the offense. And and again. I'm not one to necessarily call for coaches' heads right away, uh, except for uh, the one in Denver. But this this just feels to me like it, it can only go one way, and it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's going to go well. Um, <clears throat> it feels like with who they've acquired, uh, Cleveland or Baltimore is going to run this division for the next ten years. Whereas everybody thought for sure it was the Bengals last year, and we're seeing this year that that, that staying on top and being on top are completely different things you can be on top but it it is very very hard to keep that level of and especially when it's momentum based because their 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 ascendancy last year was all momentum based toward the tail end of last year so it's it's tough to keep that and and i think that they're they're coming back down to reality a little bit and and again maybe next week against the jets they light the jets up and score 40 and and we're 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 singing a different song but right now it it is it is a concern um and and we'll just have to see how that goes for them uh, yeah, I mean, well, when
1: you have a, a vertical passing offense and teams are, you know, they're putting safeties over time and not allowing you to do that, it's just <laughs> and your quarterback, you know, doesn't have you know Josh Allen arm right. to go to boot. It's, it's it's gonna be tough, you know, yeah. and it's it yeah. we're really gonna see how good of a coach Zach Taylor is going forward.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, and I, I think it is fitting that we spent the, the most time or a good bit of time talking about this team because. It is one of the most interesting, interesting dynamics in the league right now is how this team is performing and, and where they were last year. Uh, yep. Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I was gonna. I asked you in the middle of the game, do we owe a certain coach an, an apology? And I don't think that we do. Um, no. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't think we do. I think. I think that Dan Quinn did a hell of a job. Uh, yep. Calling calling a great game on defense. I think that Kellen Moore. Um, had a solid game plan going in to get his running backs the ball a lot um, and limit Cooper Rush as much as he could. Uh, not to say that they didn't let Cooper Rush you know, rip that shit every now and then because he definitely did. And Cooper Rush, <laughs> to his credit, you, you see a lot of backup quarterbacks in the league go very timid. Uh, even last season, Cooper Rush let that shit rip. He is not afraid to throw downfield. He's not afraid to make mistakes. And that's what you kinda of want in your backup quarterback. You want a guy that's just gonna go out there and just and say, Fuck it, you know, this is my shot, I'm gonna play. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give it all I got. I probably you know, you probably have what a handful of starts in your whole career as a backup quarterback. So good on him and and, and I thought that they were good value for the win. Uh and even though the Bengals kinda of made a push for it late, I thought that they deserved the win. Um I thought that uh their defense played really well. I'm trying to find Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons uh Michael Parsons is a problem, man. He he's a he's a real problem. Uh, he he is a menace, and they have stopped playing him off the ball, which means that he is nearly one hundred percent of the time rushing the passer, and that is frightening, uh, especially against a bad offensive line.
1: Yeah, I mean he's 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 unbelievable. Yeah. You know, he I mean he can rush the passer, and then on
0: rundowns, you know they'll they'll mix him
1: in sometimes and play off the ball. But yeah, like like you said, I mean he's you know mostly edge and I mean, two mm-hmm. sacks, five quarterback hits. I mean pressures every week. Yeah. I mean is this guy. <laughs> he hasn't been considered as the, the top defensive player in, in the league right now. I mean, he's he's unbelievable.
0: Yeah, he's definitely on. The, I mean, he's he's definitely on the short list. I mean, there there's a handful of players right now that are playing out of their mind. Um, I think obviously Minka Fitzpatrick's blinder from week one kind of has him still in that stratosphere. He got another pick last week, but uh, we've seen inconsistent play from Minka throughout his career. We haven't seen inconsistent play from Micah. Micah has been uh, as well at, or as good as advertised, and then and then some. So uh, it's again going to be interesting to see. What teams start doing with him, man? Because you got the Marcus Lawrence on the other side. It's not like you can just spend all your time focusing on Micah. Because if you do, the Marcus Lawrence is going to eat your ass live. So it, it it really does have the hallmark of a really really nice defense. Um, so I I'm interested to see how they progress this year. I think their defenses may may even be good enough to keep them in some games they probably should lose, um, such as next week against the Giants. I think.
1: Yeah. And I think we would be remiss if we did not you know, give a shout out to Trayvon Diggs. He had yeah. an absolutely beautiful day. I mean, he ate – I think he guarded uh, Mick Chase for maybe six passing snaps and gave up one or two catches. He had a great day.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's changed his game a lot. I think he's, he's – he's, he's, again, we talk about second- and third-year players improving and where do they get better and how do they change as a player? How do they develop? Uh, I think he's developing as a player. I think he's listening to criticism. I think he's listening to suggestions on how he can improve. Um now that means that his interception numbers this season are probably not going to be where they were last year. It's never sustainable anyway to get, you know, near double digit. Inter- Did he get double digits last year? I can't even remember. I think he may have had like 11, but it, it's not sustainable that type of play. Uh because you give up so many yards going for interception. So his his thing last year was was was, you know, completely sacrificing everything to get interceptions, whereas this year it definitely feels a lot more controlled. It feels like he's, he's actually playing cornerback. And again, this is like his third or fourth year playing corner. So I, it yeah. is encouraging to see him taking another step as a defender and not just an interception merchant, right place, right time kind of guy. So it's nice to see him get some credit, because I have seen that kind of floating around Twitter. Um, and that's great, man. It really is. So uh, we're going to move to... Oh another uh, big comeback <laughs> i mean you, if you want to call it that cuz the seahawks were losing this game in the fourth quarter um and then they managed to bring it back uh but the, the real question is did they bring it back because because they were they were the better team or did they bring it back because the texans were just inept on offense and i think it's probably the latter um i think the texans just weren't very good offensively um and that's why they won <laughs> That's why yeah. That's why Houston lost the game is because their offense wasn't good enough.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was – I mean, much to be expected, you know, going up against a pretty good defense, and obviously the Texans are pretty inept on the offensive end. And, yeah. you know, I, I saw a lot of, you know, Davis Mills praise kind of after last season <laughs> and maybe even a little after week one. And I'm not really hearing the same amount of uh, <laughs> Davis Mills – is kind of bad discourse right now. Yeah. He played an absolutely terrible game. He played a he, stinker. It's not like, a stinker. Yeah. yeah, it's not like guys weren't open. He missed guys open. And Brandon Cooks had a <laughs> pretty good job. I, I won't, I'll be remiss if I did he mention did. that. But, I mean, my goodness, he's just missing out routes left and right, making bad decisions. (laughs) I don't think he's a very good quarterback.
0: Maybe maybe he just had a bad week. No, no, he's not. He's not good. And and the thing is, like, last year his numbers were inflated because they weren't in very close games, and he was throwing the ball a lot. And, and you know, I had to sit through a whole off season of, of of the same graphic being posted every two weeks by CBS Sports Headquarters of Davis Mills and Tua Stats put side by side and, oh, which one's really the better quarterback? Which one's a top five pick and which one's not? Like, you know, all that bullshit. And it's like, man, it's cool. Davis Mills had a nice little season last year, but it doesn't mean that he's a good quarterback and it doesn't mean that Houston doesn't need one this year because they certainly do. Um and and you know that draw unfortunately that tie that they have might end up uh costing them uh, a quarterback potentially and Bryce Young or CJ Stroud whichever they prefer but uh yeah I mean they just there's just not good offensively at all I thought Damian Pierce uh because I took his under of course to uh Sunday he he had a great game he played a lot more snaps he barely touched the field last week and this week he was much more involved uh Rex Burkhead had zero carries who would have saw that coming not me uh so, interesting offensive game plan, but like we said, Davis Mills is, is just not very good, and and he he is he is a he's a nice story because you got him so late and you got him like just kind of as a as a, a flyer. He took a flyer on the guy and he ended up working out, but dude, he's not good, and and they're not good on offense. Now their defense, however, I, I think is is a little bit underappreciated and disrespected just slightly. Um, they don't really have any star players over there. But I mean, they they for the past two weeks against two what people would assume to be pretty decent offenses they've they've played well so credit to them I mean Lovey Smith's got the got the defense playing playing well um, playing hard but uh, yeah offensively they're just not good enough and going over to another offense that's not very good is oh. Denver um, yeah uh, if Nathaniel Hackett makes makes it through this season uh, somebody needs to he seems like.
1: The guy that's just you know he gets like a he gets a promotion in his job because he kind of knows somebody, and once he gets there he's just like I have no idea what I'm doing I'm in over my head and it's just he's just completely in over his head and at least you know to start the season and maybe you know he'll get better but I mean my goodness it's it's painful to watch that he is stealing millions of dollars from an organization. And he's just, he's completely inept. It's, well, it's not pain. only
0: is he stealing a, a, a millions of dollars, his quarterback is also stealing millions <laughs> of dollars. Uh, so so at least at least they've got that in common. He and Nathaniel, uh, he and Russell Wilson, maybe they can bond over that because they're both they're both just stealing a living at this point. Um, I'll, I'll say this about Nathaniel Hackett, and because and, I because th- I think it genuinely could help. I don't know who if he has an assistant head coach, if he has somebody, you know with head coaching experience on the on the staff that that is in kind of a more maybe I hate to say a mentor role but that's kind of what he needs almost it it feels like he's just a little lost uh and he feels like he could use and and we've seen different teams uh employ kind of a an assistant head coach that's maybe a little bit more experienced than the head coach even uh I, I think that might be a route that he could he could utilize I just think he's got too much on his plate, and I think you you know you're, you're focused on all these different aspects of the game. You're focused on clock management. You're you're now focused on you know where are we at on the field? What is our you know what is our time of possession? How's the defense do? You know like you you've got so many hats that you have to wear as a head coach, right? Uh, it, it feels like it's just too much for him, and and he's not getting plays in in time, or Russell Wilson is not 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 making the right checks at the line, changing the plays too much. I don't know, but it doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel right. And so to me, you either have to let him ride this out and and hope he improves. I, I still think bringing in an, an experienced guy as maybe just an assistant or like whatever to just kind of maybe help him out, like shit, it just feels like he's got too much on his plate, man. It feels like he's like, I, I, I know how to handle the offense. I don't know how to handle anything else. And it almost feels a little bit reminiscent of uh, Freddie Kitchens as well because it's kind of a similar similar thing to me. Whereas Freddie Kitchens was never necessarily a great offensive uh, coach. I mean, he, he, I think he's okay, but he was never really a head coach. <laughs> or never should have been. But, but it feels like, you know, it's kind of similar, where Freddie Kitchens made some dumbass mistakes. Now, his mistakes were being too aggressive instead of uh, not aggressive enough. But – you know, it, it feels similar to me. It almost feels in the same vein, and people are going to think that's mad disrespectful to Nathaniel Hackett. But I don't give a shit. Nathaniel Hackett deserves to be disrespected. Uh, they 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 took a delay game on the one yard line on fourth and inches uh, to kick a field goal um, from the inch line against the Houston Texans, who are supposed to be terrible. Uh
1: yeah.
0: And and Javante Williams. They not only that. I, I want to say that there there were four consecutive plays that they had at the one yard line, and they threw it four straight times, like. It, it just doesn't make any sense, man. And I, I'm all for throwing the ball, but shit, you got Javante Williams back there who's having a good game on the ground. Just give him the fucking ball, like once or twice, and just see if he scores. Like, I just there, there's just a lot of things that don't make sense. The Andrew Beck, quarterback sneak, as well. I mean, we forgot about that one. That was a that was just terrible. Like, there's a lot of shit that that just what was it end around. I can't remember. It was either end around or sneak, but it was it was something ridiculous. They they just they're they're in a bad they're in a bad place. Um, I I. I I hesitate to say that they have a winning record at the end of the season. Uh, by the what we've seen so far, I think they can definitely turn it around. They've got enough talent, uh, offensively and defensively. But right now, man, they are just—they are in a really, really bad spot, and and it doesn't look to be getting better anytime soon. At least not right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I saw some data earlier that they're actually of like the four best teams in driving the football between the twenty-yard lines. So that means yeah. they're getting the ball down there, and obviously their red zone and goal to go offense is absolutely it's horrible. horrible.
0: And, it's, and, they, it's, and they, they take so long to run every play. Like they had their fans chant, and and people said that the fans were chanting the play clock down. Yeah. Uh, yep. Because of delay of games, I would have done it as, as like just just a, just a fuck you. To to Nathaniel Hackett for literally waiting till the very last second to snap the ball every single play that we have possession it is it is just it is horrendous I can't believe that that is something that's happening in the NFL in 2022 it's horrible
1: yeah I'm with you I I, I can't believe that's that's the thing either it's horrible. I mean it's yeah it's it, I don't think it's really much more to talk about I mean this team no, is Mismanaged, you know. Russell Wilson is not really playing all that well. Shout yeah. to Corland Sutton. I mean, he's he's doing his thing. He's yeah. he's he's, he's trying, trying to fight through this uh this mess right here. And you know, like you said, maybe they will get better. Maybe he will learn. But for the time being, he's in over his head.
0: Right now, I think so. Yeah. Uh They play the Niners, Raiders, Colts, and Chargers. That is not a fun stretch. Uh, yeah. They could lose all four of those games. They could they could beat. I mean, they could they very easily beat three three of those teams in my opinion. I don't think they beat the Chargers. They could easily beat the other three, um, but they could also easily lose to the other three. So, uh, I guess it just depends on what side of the bed Russell Wilson makes up on. Um, because he, he I mean, its it really, it all falls on him at the end of the day. Uh, so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, he, he obviously isn't executing the offense very well. I don't know if it's just him being uncomfortable with the offensive scheme or setup or whatever, but they've got issues there. Um, and I guess we're going to go to two teams that that also have issues, and and we've been talking for like an hour forty five minutes, and this was supposed to be a shorter podcast than last week, and it has not been. Uh, so our apologies, but <laughs> apparently we just have a lot of shit to say. Uh, I'm sure, yeah. man. I'm I mean, sure
1: there's there's someone out there that uh that appreciates this. So well,
0: I'm, uh, there's there has to be just so many people that think the same way, like because it it really is like, and I, and I hate to say this, but this is common sense football that we're talking here. It's not like we're 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 being super analytical or super uh you know. Data driven, like we don't necessarily have data pulled up right in front of our face that we're looking at and saying, Oh, well, you know, if they, if they just run the ball 80% of the time, they get a success. We're just talking common sense ball here, like, <laughs> and 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 but it, but it seems like it's not common sense to anybody but us. Um, we're, we're going Cardinals Raiders. Uh, let me say this because this is a stat, and and I just said we're not using using a lot of uh <laughs> stats, but but here's one. Um, I, I saw it today, I'm gonna say that. I can't remember the exact time, but I'm sure somebody knows. Uh, The Raiders, on their last eight plays of the fourth quarter, ran the ball zero times. A team that was up eight points at a certain point in the fourth quarter. You got the ball back with an eight-point lead, and they ran the ball zero times their last eight plays. With with a with a running back and Josh Jacobs who did not have a fantastic game, but he definitely made a lot of people miss in the backfield, and he definitely was able to to plunge forward and get some yards on almost every carry that I saw. It just feels inexcusable.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's that's a uh, that's very poor clock management, and you don't really expect to see that from Josh McDaniel. You don't. And obviously, yeah. we we talk about these coaching trees, and as you alluded to, as you know, we were watching on Sunday. <laughs> maybe we should we should uh, go away with that just a bit
0: coaching trees have to die out man the, the coaching trees are they're, they're they're so chalked everything every every coach that has a coaching tree it just seems like the the, the seedlings that fall out of that tree get worse and worse like and, and then you just start planting shittier trees you know what i mean like because yeah. because eventually we'll have the nathaniel hackett tree and that's just going to be a big steaming pile of shit you know and, and like you can't you just can't do this where, where every coach that works with bill belichick is all all of a sudden a head coach it hasn't i don't even think it's worked for anybody uh, you can say Vrabel, but like I don't even count him because I don't think he's a good coach. I think he's, yeah, I think he's okay. I think he's an okay coach. I think he's a good, maybe a good motivator, a good, a good like team leader guy, rah rah guy. But that's really it. And and I mean, again, Josh McDaniels, man, he he fell flat on his face when he went to Denver. What thirteen years ago? He's falling flat on his yeah. face again. Like he is falling yeah. flat on his face again. Uh, and
1: it's, uh...
0: it's hard to watch.
1: To blow that game like yeah. they did, I just said the, you know, the second half offense was just putrid. I oh, was so I bad. I don't understand how Devontae Adams, you know, he gets seven targets, but how in the world does he get two catches for 12 yards? It just one doesn't of his make sense. Any...
0: was like the very first touchdown they scored in the first quarter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So he touched the just... ball one time after the first quarter, basically. Yeah,
1: just it, it's it's ridiculous. And obviously, it's you said the, you know, yeah, just get, get screens. <laughs> Bay just
0: they Multitude of ways, I Light mean, him up in the fucking wildcat, like, yeah, give him uh, a touch, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Amir, Abdullah like has, he's, like, he's, in, he's in the game, you know. Amir Abdullah had one less touch than him. Amir Abdullah hasn't been relevant in five years, <laughs> like, give yeah, him a I, I didn't touch,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he he hasn't been mean, in league five years. He came back and he has dreads now. That's how dude, I knew it's, yeah, wow,
0: it has been. <laughs> I mean. I don't know, man. The Raiders what can you really say about them? I thought their defense played fine. They just they just fucking got tired because they were out there the whole second half. I mean, their offense yeah, couldn't get exactly. the ball. I mean, you know, you can you can say what you want, but credit the Raiders' defense in overtime too because they got the stop they needed. Uh, you know, they they stepped up big when they needed to. Um, I mean, again, it's hard to blame that defense because they were out there a lot. Uh, and and you know, when Arizona is running plays, it's not like any other. It's not like Baltimore running plays. You know, what I mean, Arizona runs fast. Like yeah, they, they, they snapped the ball back. quick. So when that defense is out there, you might as well be out there. It's almost like being out there when Baltimore, with Baltimore running like two plays when they run one, because of how much energy you have to exert to get to the line quick, to, to get to like mental energy you have to exert to make sure you're where you're supposed to be. It's fucking, it's horrible to play defense against a team like that. So I think they did all they could. I mean, and by the end of the game, they're just gassed. They were just done. And uh, apparently so was Hunter Intro because he fumbled on not back to back plays, but two out of three. Uh, and I forgot that in between that, sandwiched in between that, was Derek Carr trying to throw an interception. <laughs> so it really went yeah. Renfro fumble, recovered. Derek Carr tried to throw a pick behind Devontae Adams, incomplete. And then Renfro fumbled again for the game. Uh, yeah. Just, wow. Yeah. Just wow, man. They got to yeah, really, on that offense to do that. Yep.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really unbelievable. And like you said about the defense, they they played outstanding. And you look at the touchdowns, that's the Cardinals score. I mean, kind of these miracle plays. You know, Oliver <laughs> Brown gets a contested ball that I don't think he's ever catched in his life. Mm-hmm. And then Tyler's rolling around for 75,000 seconds. Yeah. You know, finding somebody in the end zone. Or for the first touchdown, then, you know, the title and two-point version kind of the same thing. You know, they – they they did a very good job trying to bail out Josh McDaniel, but at the end of the day, it just it, it just couldn't could happen because offensively they were just they couldn't do it, and then obviously the overtime session, Derek Carr checks out of a run, goes to a pass, you know, misses, you know, and Devontae again, Adams, and yeah, yeah, yeah
0: they have the it just turns into one of those things where you're. <laughs> You're damn near in field goal range already. Just give Jacobs yeah, the ball exactly. three straight plays yeah, and just see what the yeah. fuck he does. Like exactly. I mean, realistically, at least first and second down, you turn around and hand the ball off. And, and we're we're proponents of being aggressive and, and we enjoy aggressive football here. But mm-hmm. I, I, I'm I, I do I do tend to in, in big game moments and in, in moments that, you know, win and lose games, I do tend to revert back to okay, just give your running back the ball twice and just see what he does. Then, you know, worst case you get what, third and six if you just run it straight ahead. Like you're gonna get two yards because the NFL, your offensive line's gonna move people, your running back's gonna make somebody miss. He's gonna run through an arm tackle. You really, you realistically should be left with like third and six. And then at third and six, you can you can say, okay, well, how far away are we from like really being in field goal range? Because they were at the forty. Yeah. And they did like
1: thirty nine, I think. Yeah. But yeah. You run a couple times, and then you pay
0: Daniel Carlson.
1: <laughs> you paid him right. all
0: this money yeah. to
1: you know be a pretty elite kicker in this yeah. league, and you don't even give him a chance. It's... Yeah, I mean,
0: and he's and he's a guy that like. Has has game winners just left and right, so yeah. it, it's baffling, man. It's a baffling decision, and it's Josh McDaniels that really falls on. I mean, Derek obviously uh, checked out of a play, but um, man, I mean, if you're McDaniels, you almost just have to tell Derek, what, hey, go up to the line and run the ball. Let's just run the ball. We'll just, we'll see what we get. You know, we got to give Daniel a chance to make the kick. Uh, yep. And again, on the flip side of it, I don't really have a lot to say about the Cardinals. I mean, I, I thought they they played a resilient game, which which I thought was was good to see some fight back from a team that, in my opinion, looked very comatose for the first six quarters of action this year. Um, it seems like you know Kyler Murray. They they gave him a, a Mountain Dew Baja Blast and some Doritos at halftime, and and uh, got him out there, and he he decided he wanted to play football again instead of cod. Uh, so good for him. Um, you I mean, gotta get the Kyle joke in yeah you got to you have to you don't really have a choice i mean talking about kyler you yeah. have to get a video game joke and it's just it's necessary at this point but i mean what can you say man they they were they were a resilient team they played hard they 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 fought back they won the game um i thought their defense played exquisitely in the second half even though the raiders kind of still shit their pants but i mean you know it is what it is when a team shits their pants you still have to take advantage of it and i thought the cardinals did so give them credit um kingsbury lives to fight another day uh I don't know. I just I don't I, I just I don't I don't I don't like it. I don't like the Kingsbury thing. I just don't really. Uh... No, I mean
1: even if like on the game winning two point conversion, the Raiders I think they took a timeout or it was a review or something. It was yeah. a review to make sure um, was it, AJ Green caught the touchdown. Yeah,
0: something like
1: that. Yeah, then they come out for the two point conversion and they get a delay of game. Like, how does that even right. happen? Like that, that doesn't make well, any I, sense. I joked
0: with you and said they just wanted to back it up. Just, just give yeah. some more room to run around back there. Which, <laughs> I mean, who knows, man, it is. It's all just a bit of a shit show, especially with, 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 with Arizona. I mean, I just don't believe in that team. I just don't have any belief in them no I they're very good. And, and not, I not think they're going to have a really bad, bad season. It's just kind of started. Luckily one, and one. Um, moving on to green Bay and Chicago. Uh, man, I mean, I don't really know how much there's to say about this game. Uh, you know, we can talk about the Packers side of it. I thought that the Bears, um, first quarter, I thought they played fine. <laughs> uh, second quarter, game got away from them, and that was it. That was the game. Uh, the game was over. So, uh, Dave Montgomery had 122 yards on the ground, which is pretty impressive. Uh, pretty, good, pretty good day for him. Um, I wonder if it, if it shows other teams that Green Bay may be a little vulnerable uh, on the ground in the run game. Or if it was just kind of like we don't care, we're up twenty four, like who <laughs> who cares, you know what I mean? Like like was it was it one of those things where it's like we're up by twenty, we don't really give a shit, run the ball if you want, or was it yeah. something that may may be a concern for Green Bay? Um, what is certainly saw, a concern. Oh, go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, and I, I saw I saw like late in the game, kind of when they were hitting those runs. Yeah. Green Bay, they were in, like, dime and they were dollar yeah, and, a like, bit. a penny penny eight-type defense. So, like, they they were basically saying, if you want to hand the ball off
0: and kill just, the clock. Just, you know, just kill the ahead. game off. That's fine. That's yeah. what they that's – what, that's what, Green Bay wanted to kill the game off in the third quarter anyway. So, they were both trying to kill the game off and get it done as quick as possible. That's what we expected anyway. Uh, Justin Fields, man, I mean, he's kind of a disaster. Uh, I mean, he, he almost falls in a similar tree to Burrow where he just holds the ball for a while. and um, Yep. His pocket presence isn't very good. Uh, he doesn't really move a lot in the pocket for a guy that's supposed to be a mobile quarterback. He doesn't really doesn't really get loose in the pocket at all. It just feels he feels very, uh, like like forced. Like somebody's got a gun to his head, making him play quarterback. Like he like it's just forced. It just it doesn't feel natural for him. And and it's it's just one of those things that I guess maybe comes with time or maybe comes with some confidence in the offense. But I mean, you bring in two new coaches to to hopefully get the most out of Fields and. Through two games, obviously the first game is, is kind of a wash, but, I mean, this, this game here is 7 for 11. I mean, they threw the ball 11 times. That's not, that's not necessarily a coach that's confident in his first-round quarterback to throw it 11 times.
1: Yeah, someone that wasn't behind Joseph Fields at all. And obviously, you cited him holding on to the ball a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't have his arm strength. You know, just doesn't – like you said, he doesn't feel like he should be playing the quarterback position because, he, I mean, he holds on to the ball. He just steps into sacks. You know he's pretty inaccurate. Yeah, there's a play.
0: Yeah, I just failed to see. Go ahead. Yeah, sorry.
1: In the play in the first quarter where he steps past the line of scrimmage two (laughs) yards, and then throws a pass, and we're all just like, how does that Uh, even happen? (laughs) It's just yeah, right. It it does feel like there's a gun to his head. And They're saying, hey man, can you play quarterback for us just for the next couple years while we try to, you know i don't know I, I don't know what the plan is obviously there's no trust in him no. he's thrown the ball 28 times in two weeks yeah hey man
0: i i don't know it's it's scary man it's scary to think about but like my thing is watching him and i, I thought the same thing watching him at ohio states at, at certain points is is what what is what is his like what are the attributes that people really like about him like what 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 makes him stand out amongst other quarterback prospects because the fact that he can run doesn't really make you stand out anymore You know, like him being a mobile threat doesn't really make you stand out from the crowd of quarterbacks because it seems like every quarterback can run. Like Desmond Ritter was in the draft this year. He can run just fine. Like, I I don't really understand what sets him apart. And I didn't at Ohio State either. I know he went to a blue blood school. He had a lot of great players around him. I I, I just don't, I, I don't see the vision with him. And I don't think Matt Abrafloos, Eber, Iberflus, whatever his name is. He doesn't, I don't think he sees it either. I just, I, I really just wonder what, what they're going to do with him. Uh, and, and again, maybe, maybe next week they go out against the, oh well. They go out against the Texans. Perfect. They go out against the Texans and they have the Giants after that. Texans, and Giants, maybe they go out and they win both of those games and, and Justin Fields plays really well. Um. But man, I, I don't, I don't I don't, have any confidence that that's going to happen. I, it doesn't look like the Bears have any confidence that's going to happen. So it feels like they're almost just biding their time hoping that they suck this year. I, I just don't. I don't know. Uh, weird situation in Chicago. Really weird. Um, and again, it's a game script where he should be throwing the ball 30 times. Minimum. Like, yeah. minimum 30 times. And they just seem like they couldn't wait for the game to be over. They <laughs> lost by 17. It's not like they lost by, like, fucking 40. They lost by seventeen points. That's three scores. You were down yeah. by what, what were they down twenty four to seven. So they were down by seventeen at halftime. It's not uh, like they were down 20. by forty points.
1: Yeah, and they cut to twenty four to ten in the, in yeah. the third quarter.
0: Right. It's the just third. it's bizarre. Uh, it's really bizarre. It <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> no, you know you're right. I mean it is. It, it, actually just thinking about it, man. You're now fourteen in in, in this league. Two touchdowns can be made
0: up in, in oh my god like you've five your touchdowns instantly. Like yeah, the Jets score two touchdowns in a minute and a half.
1: Exactly, and to throw the ball <laughs> eleven whole times, yeah. you know, I, and I, I don't know, man. It just makes you and wonder then...
0: about what what they're what they're thinking with him and and what the thought process is because obviously, if you if you even think your quarterback is worth the shit, then you throw it like even Brian Flores, Brian Flores hated to his fucking guts, but we threw it thirty times when we were losing. <laughs> like if we're losing the game, to us throwing thirty times at least, and that's fine. Like. And Brian Flores couldn't wait for Tua to it fucking go to, to the Texans in a, in a trade for for uh massage guy. You know what I mean? So,
1: the guy guy who shall not be named. Guy
0: guy who <laughs> guy who enjoys uh massages. So Green Bay, uh <laughs> Green Bay might be the most boring team in the NFL to watch. They are so fucking boring. I wanted I wanted to shut this game off at halftime. I was so bored of watching Green Bay play football. Aaron Rodgers. Is fine. He played fine today. We assumed last week that he would play fine coming into this game against the Bears. We, I, I'm pretty sure we said that in the podcast last week. Like he's probably going to do fine. But fuck if he's not. So boring. I feel like we cuss a lot more at the end because I'm just getting tired. But dude, honestly, like Aaron Rodgers, it, the whole the whole offense was just boring. Like it, it just felt like instead of going out there and having fun playing football, we're going to go out there and make sure that we end the game as soon as we can. Like. This is boring football to watch. Dude. They ran the ball thirty-eight times. Like, goodness gracious! So
1: boring. Yeah, it's. It,
0: <laughs> they had a lot of the, um, obviously the
1: Hackett and Florida very yeah. similar, and, you know, obviously same staff last year. But I mean, it's it's the getting to the line, snapping the ball at one, two times in both halves, where you're. Counting the play clock down to one, Aaron Rodgers was just taking a time out at the last minute, and it wasn't on like even like the final drive. Like we're just in we're midway in the third quarter, and we're chewing clock like we got a dinner date to go to after the game, immediately after the game. It just it just. Aaron Rodgers has to go meet his,
0: uh, medicine man or something in the fucking hills of Wisconsin somewhere, and fucking <laughs> like it just doesn't make sense, man. You're right. It's 2022. Like we we again. It yeah, just doesn't dude, it just feels it just feels gross and dirty. <laughs> it is. I mean good. and
1: when you're handing the ball to a fullback eighteen times while God. chewing the clock, it's like <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: A second round fullback.
1: <laughs> yeah, I hope I hope nothing but the worst for them. But unfortunately Mike Evans isn't even playing next week, so they made luck into two. No, the they're gonna game. beat
0: the they're gonna beat the fucking <laughs> Bucks and they'll beat the Patriots, they'll beat the Giants, I'll beat the Jets. They're gonna be f- you're gonna be fucking five and one, just rolling through the commanders. They finally get to lose to the Bills. I mean, this team is gonna end up winning ten games this year. And I can tell you they're not gonna win on Christmas. They're definitely not winning that game. And, well, actually, yeah. they could they be running yeah. right through us, man. Who knows? Our, our run defense was bad, but <laughs> they're they're just not not an interesting team at all. Not at all. Uh speaking of not an interesting team, I mean it might be well, yeah, there's a way that we can make this team a lot more interesting, but we'll talk about that in a second. Tennessee (laughs) Titans are so boring. They are mind-numbingly boring team to watch again because all they do is wad up and run. Derek, who gets hit behind. I've never understood how you can have eleven people or ten people blocking for Derek and he still gets hit behind the line of scrimmage every play. Like the fact that he even has a career that people think is good is a testament to how good of a player he actually is, because he gets hit the backfield every single snap.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. I, how many times can you bang your head against the wall? What's the of insanity, doing yeah. the same thing over and over and expecting yeah. like a different result? I mean, Lord have mercy. At some point, Todd Downing, he's
0: going to be the first one to go.
1: And if they continue to lose, Raybould will be gone, and he'll be the next oh, coach of the New England Patriots, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, but. that's exactly where he's going. If, 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 if for any reason uh, Tennessee does get rid of him, which I don't think they will because I think they'll win enough games to keep him. I mean, honestly, after tonight, I don't care what Vrabel's done for your team, for your organization. After tonight, man, it, you have some heads have to roll. You can't lose to an AFC rival if you're thinking you're going to be competitive in the AFC. You can't lose to an AFC rival 41 to seven. I don't care. I don't care if the game got away from you. I don't care what happened. You can't do that. That 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 is un. It, it, it's unbelievable to lose a game like that. Uh, and again, I saw Derrick Henry tonight take a handoff, and ran straight into the back of his lineman. It's like he's given up because he knows. Like, I just – like, I'll, I'm going to run straight. I'm not going to get any yards, and then I'm going to get hit in the backfield. Somebody's going to grab my legs. Like, I'm going to try to stiff-arm somebody. I'm not going to hit him because everybody knows I stiff-arm a lot. But, like, it, 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 dude, watching watching them is so depressing. And I used to enjoy watching Derek, and, and now watching him just makes me sad because I just see, like, a shell of a running back who's probably his best years behind him and also – the offense they run just does not do anything to help him at all. And, 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 and like, but oh man, like Tannehill's so bad too. It's just, oh, it's bad. It's bad.
1: Yeah, it's, you're right, it is bad. And they are in danger of <clears throat> handing that division to the Jacksonville Jaguars in so. Doug Pearson's first season as head coach. I
0: hope so. God, I hope so. Uh, Traylon Burks was a bright spot tonight. I thought he looked good when he got the ball. Um, yeah, he's very talented. Yeah, he's sure. a very talented player, and people kind of poo pooed him a little bit in preseason and training camp. And Titans fans and Titans beat writers were saying he was having a bad camp. Look, it's it's we're talking about practice. You know what I mean? Like, who, <laughs> who gives a shit, right? Like, yeah, training camp, he drops some balls or he looks bad. Like, so did Jamar Chase. It doesn't matter. You give the kid the ball. He's electric with the ball in his hand. He's a great, great player in terms of just out of that AJ Brown mold. It's exactly—you mm. just basically replaced him like for like. I mean, A.J. Brown's obviously better right now, but, I mean, Traylon Burks can grow into it, you know. But when you get six targets and you throw the ball 20 times in the game, you get beat by 30. Man, it's just—again, heads need to roll. I don't know who's going to go, but somebody's got to. Um, one way that we can make this team a lot more fun is to play Malik Willis. <laughs> because he looked sure, absolutely first. horrible tonight. <laughs> But it was it was we were watching together, but
1: it it was very entertaining. Oh, it was fun. It was
0: hilarious. It was great. Yeah, watching him in
1: in a clean pocket just flee it immediately and just throw whatever he wanted down for it. I mean it was it was it was very entertaining.
0: He's twenty three years old. He's the same age as Tua. He's the same age as Tua. He's twenty three. he's 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 out there. He is out there just just (laughs) <laughs> Fleeing a clean pocket First thing pocket <laughs> of the night And he got out of that pocket so fast <laughs> Oh my god Alright so the Bills I mean, We're not going to really sit here and talk about the Bills The Bills are the Bills man You know what they are You know how good they are You know yeah, the talent they're... You know who they play You know they have I mean They didn't even have Gabe, Gabe Davis night And it's just like who?
1: Exactly they, It's who? just Roll in <laughs> yeah. Dominate Get out of there
0: Roll in Throw to Stephon Diggs 14 times Have him just go fucking ballistic and just leave. You know what I mean? Just like you show up, you you beat ass, and then you leave. And that's it. And 24 points in the third quarter. I mean, Jesus Christ, any resemblance of a football game that was going on just, just ended in that third quarter. Um, I took the Titans on an alt spread, by the way. It's plus 17 and a half. I don't know that I'll ever recover mentally from that. Because watching an NFL team get their just doors blown off in, 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 in like, real time, watching that happen, it, it does something to you like you you watch that and it changes you as a person I think because uh, 17 and a half I thought man that's safe as shit Titans are going to run the ball it's going to be a close game tight like till the you know fourth quarter man I mean that is uh, that's a crazy score line and and credit to the Bills man they they were good I mean their their defense played fine I mean I think you could send a college defense out there against the Titans and you, know, <laughs> you just stick 11 in the box make Tannehill he'll beat you yeah. You got a shot so exactly. Last game, and we are two hours and seven minutes in, so it's not, not a short one, but you know it is what it is. We'll, we'll just we'll, we'll call it a movie, and maybe people will, you know pay money to see it. Uh, tell you know put a disclaimer at the beginning. Make sure you get your popcorn ready and to uh to clip. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles and Minnesota Vikings. Um, let's talk about the Eagles first because I think the Eagles are the more interesting team tonight. Uh, the Eagles actually look like a. Competent, solid NFL football team, uh, which is something they kind of looked like last year in spurts, but I don't think they looked like it the whole year. Um, this is now basically two games where I think they've they've looked very, very capable of not only making the playoffs, but winning a playoff game, whereas last year they did not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was very impressed with the offense. Obviously, we're accustomed to watching them run the play action, run the RPO stuff, get Jalen mm-hmm. outside the pocket. But they were very comfortable with him dropping back, you know, no play action in a standard passing set, and he looked tremendous tonight. I mean, I, <laughs> I took his under in passing yards. Boy was that a mistake by halftime? He maybe made me, maybe me bite that. Yep. But man, I mean, he looked he looked great. I mean, he had deep balls. He was hitting intermediate stuff. Him and the receivers were on the same page against zone. Man, it didn't matter. They looked elite tonight against the Vikings defense. You now, albeit you know week one Packers there's some wide receiver issues but they absolutely dominate the Packers last week they Put a bunch of pressure yeah. on Aaron Rodgers and for Philly to come out tonight and just you know wipe the floor of Minnesota was completely impressive and defensively you know to take away Justin Jefferson Darius Slay I mean what a oh game God, that might yeah. be one of the better defensive back performances that we see you know all year I that was agree. that was super impressive yeah
0: yeah um, I completely agree about everything you said. I think, uh, again, like I said, the Eagles, the Eagles are really impressive tonight. They they played a really good football game. Uh, Jalen Hurts um, has been uh, maybe maybe overpraised by people who watch football just for fantasy points, um, and then maybe a little bit undervalued by people who don't. So I think he kind of fits right there in the middle, where where people say like, "Oh my God, he's so good," but that's only because they they play DFS or they play fantasy football season long. And they see like, oh, he put up thirty points tonight. He he went crazy. And I think maybe he gets a little bit too much kind of stick from people who maybe are more football oriented, like just just diehard football guys, right? Like, oh, he's not. He can't hit the he can't hit the the fifteen yard out. You know, I, I think he's somewhere in the middle. Um, but I think tonight he definitely had a, a a probably his I would say his probably best game as an NFL quarterback, um, just in terms of. What he was able to do to, like you said, a Minnesota defense that dominated the Packers last week, um, I think Minnesota secondary has a lot of problems. Uh, I think that, that that it didn't show its head. It didn't it didn't rear its ugly head last week against the Packers because the Packers it, offense is just so just stagnant. But uh, today it was it was pretty apparent. And and I will say, I mean, second half, uh, I don't know if the Eagles took their foot off the gas or Minnesota played a little bit better defensively, but. Um, second half, they, they definitely uh, we score scoreless second half. Which is kind of pretty rare, I feel like, in the NFL. But, um, you know, Devontae Smith got involved this week. I kind of expected that would probably be the case. I, I was I was a little surprised at how limited A.J. Brown's usage was. I thought uh, I could definitely see another 12-target game from him. And just continuing to get Devonte involved while also getting A.J. Brown involved. Uh, I mean, he was involved, but it, it it definitely seemed like a lesser role than last week, where they were they were calling kind of more designed plays to get him the ball in space, and and uh, they did a couple times tonight with a couple screens and, and some quick like uh, just hitch routes to get him the ball. But um, overall, like you said, I mean, just a great performance. And defensively, yeah, I mean, uh, you know that 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 Vikings offense. I mean, say what you want about them, but they have a lot of talent. Uh, Kirk Cousins is, is a very capable quarterback. Uh, Dalvin Cook is a fantastic running back, six for six for seventeen. I mean, that's pretty good against Dalvin Cook. Uh, and then, you know, when Adam Thielen is leading the Vikings in yards uh, in 2022, <laughs> you you've done something uh, noteworthy because Justin Jefferson, like you said, I mean, he he, he was targeted all night long, and and Darius Slay was targeted all night long, and for him to only get six for 48 when he could have had 11 for 150 is is really really impressive.
1: Yeah, I mean, they just the Eagles did not respect, you know, any <laughs> resemblance of a deep passing game no. from uh, the Vikings. So they, I mean, they were just squatting on kind of all those underneath routes, and they were driving and knocking them out. And you know, Darius Slay, he he went a little above and beyond that. I mean, there the interception at the goal line was just unbelievable. Unreal. Didn't fall Unreal. for the for, for the outcut on, on the little skinny post that um, Just Jefferson ran. Just ran the route for him, jumps the pass. I mean, just. Technically sound, just like I said, what one of the better defensive back games that you're gonna see. Like, that's even
0: that's a prime Darius Slay performance. It's 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 rolling back the years a little bit. It it is a prime Darius Slay moment, and if he can replicate that throughout the year, man, he he's he's gonna be dangerous, and it's gonna be really hard for teams in the, uh, the NFC East to no, not the East. What are they? NFC South? Am I tripping? East, yeah, the East. East. they are the East, right? The Falcons of the South, yeah. The NFC mm-hmm. East. I mean those those receivers i mean what receivers if he can cover if he can cover Justin Jefferson like this then Terry McLaurin's not going to give me any trouble neither CD Lamb because all oh. respect to CD Lamb and Terry McLaurin but they're not Justin Jefferson um and and watching Justin Jefferson hit him try to hit him with that that uh route into the end zone it, that i would say probably Justin Jefferson over his whole life has probably never been covered like that on a route similar to that one where where he gives the head fake outside and cuts in i mean he was probably shocked he probably couldn't believe that shit like, Darius Dari- <laughs> Slay, Dari Slay- uh, beat him to the spot. He was probably like, oh, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Nobody has ever, ever beaten him to the spot, I'm sure of it. And that was probably the first time he's ever seen something like that. So, kudos to Darius Slay, man. What a-, what a performance. What a game. Uh, and, again, Minnesota, uh, it's time to pick up the pieces. You know, I mean, it was it was a it was a stinker. You guys had a stinker today. But um, I, still- I still like the Vikings' offense. I think they're capable. I think that they're capable of giving the Packers a run for the division. Uh, I don't hate their schedule. I did not know that they played the Dolphins sure. <laughs> uh <laughs> As a self-proclaimed Dolphin fan, I didn't know that. Uh, so, what well, I don't know what that says about me. But uh, you know, Lions is an so. easily winnable game next week. It's probably going to be a pretty entertaining game. I would say uh, Saints is winnable in London. Uh, Bears is winnable. It um, doesn't mean they're going to win, but they're winnable games. Uh, you know, they've got some definitely winnable games in here, and, and I could I could see them. Taking the division, I can see Green Bay obviously taking the division with their boring style of play. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that how that division shapes up, I think, uh, as the season progresses. But, um, yeah, I mean, not much more can be said. The I mean, Eagles played a great game. Minnesota uh, just felt like they didn't show up, and that's it. So uh, that is all the games for this week. We have discussed every single NFL football game, and it only took us two hours and 15 minutes to get through them all uh, with varying degrees of uh, in-depth insight. Uh, but you know, that's what you're going to get here. I'm going forth, man. We're, we're, we're here. We're going to talk about football. We're going to, we're going to give you what we got. If we, if we watch five minutes of the game, we're going to dissect the shit out of those five minutes. We're (laughs) we're going to tell you everything about your team that you need to know in the five minutes that we watched your team. Okay. So Panthers fans, you know, it's time to get rid of mad rule. Baker Mayfield's not the answer. Uh, that was, that was our five minute insight for you guys. Hopefully, uh, that was enough because we don't really feel like watching any more than, than, than the allotted time. For, for certain games. Uh, any, any last last uh, final thoughts, takeaways from this week? Any, any, uh, anything that you're looking forward to? Maybe next week's games? We just take a look at next week's games. Uh, anything, catch your eye, anything you want to talk about?
1: Uh, obviously, Bill's Dolphins. I mean, I, that elite offensive game, I, I think two of the top, you know, I don't want to, like I said, overreact, but I think it's two of the top five offense in the league right now. I mean, that game is shaping up to be one of the better games of next week. Um, you know, see if the Bengals can get back on track as well.
0: That's an interesting mm. game to me. I'm, I'm really interested in Bengals-Jets. I, I mean, probably more interested than anybody else <laughs> uh, should be. Any <laughs> any neutral fan should be. It's just an interesting game. Uh, it really is. And, uh, you know, the early games, I mean, there's some stinkers in here. Saints-Panthers is a stinker. uh you know, Ravens-Patriots hopefully should be a stinker. Ravens should probably beat them to death. Uh, Raiders-Titans, I mean, talk about just two teams that <laughs> expected to have their seasons go very differently, and they just, they're just there on the bottom of the barrel, man. Uh, Thursday night, I don't know if anybody's going to watch this. I mean, we're going to watch it, but I don't know if anybody else is going to.
1: Go ahead and take that under, man. We'll you have a, speak. yeah,
0: yeah. go ahead and take that under. We'll, we'll have a, we'll have a, I'm sure like an eight-leg parlay on this game, and, and uh, we'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> I don't expect, I don't expect good things, uh, but You know, sometimes living that the life of a degenerate, you know, you don't really, you don't really have a choice. Uh, Jaguars, Chargers, I mean, uh,
1: should be a pretty game. Could
0: be. I mean, it's on the road. Jaguars. I don't know, flying all the way across the country, kind of tough. Same with the Falcons. I mean, Falcons, Seahawks. That is a that is a great four o'clock game. (laughs) Because if it wasn't at four o'clock, there's no fucking shot anybody's watching that. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Packers, Bucks. It's a cool game. Rams, Cardinals. Is is whatever uh Cardinals beat the Rams Rams in big trouble by the way if the Cardinals actually beat the Rams they're in big trouble yeah uh Niners Broncos you know, you know it's Sunday night just
1: you know we got nothing else to watch might as well watch it uh and Cowboys uh, Giants, Giants. Well, Giants wow what yeah. a Monday night game that is I mean
0: hey man again nothing else on uh, that's what the NFL does man there's nothing else on TV what are you gonna watch fucking like dance with the stars or are you gonna watch NFL <laughs> you
1: know
0: the I mean, bachelor you're gonna watch the bachelor or are you gonna watch the NFL like we're obviously gonna pick the <laughs> NFL, right? we, we just are. Uh, Oh, my God. Is it going to be bad weather? Oh, no. Anyway, we'll talk about all that shit later. We'll, we'll make our predictions. We'll have another video later this week uh, making our predictions for the games, talking about uh, some betting props and some some spreads and some over-unders that we like. Uh, but until then, this has been your two-hour and nearly 20-minute review, recap, whatever you want to call it, show, podcast, of NFL Week 2. So all that being said, hope you guys enjoyed it. If you did, make sure you subscribe. Uh, Like the video. Comment down below. Tell us uh, why we're wrong about your team and why you're winning the Super Bowl. And uh, all that being said, you guys have a good one. Don't forget, going forth.